a Thursday morning broadcast. We are at the home, the brand new home of the RTMA Thunder. That's how we're referring to it. It is the brand new beautiful gymnasium here at JEC in Elizabeth, New Jersey. As all of our listeners know at this point, JEC is in the midst of an amazing 75th anniversary celebration, and we are here to continue that incredible celebration on a Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Right, Tights is going to be joining me. And uh, we welcoming us here at JM in the AM for yet another amazing broadcast on this Thursday morning. I want to remind everybody that in addition to the radio and uh, the ability to listen around the world, you can see what's happening right now. If you go to NahumSiegel.com, you can actually see what's happening right now. Just go to NahumSiegel.com and check out the video on the home page, and you'll be able to see us and our guests in this uh, incredible facility in Elizabeth, New Jersey, the brand-new gym at JEC. Uh, plenty to talk about between now and 9 a.m. if you keep it right here uh, on a JM in the AM Thursday morning. We'll continue with plenty more from JEC. First, look, we're going to go to Jakob Schwecki at JM in the AM. <laughs>
J.M. in the A.M., live from J.E.C. on this Thursday morning <clears throat> as the 75th anniversary celebration continues uh, for J.E.C. and all of its affiliated schools. Harav Eldazar, Mayor Tights, is, of course, the dean of J.E.C. He has been, we were just discussing off the air for a moment, our own transformation that uh, we're going through at J.M. in the A.M. as the world of technology continues to evolve. And uh, I don't have to remind this audience that Rabbi Tights' father, of course, was uh, I, w- I would guess the first, the first to utilize radio for the purpose of spreading Torah, and it's ironic that here we are, in fact, uh, speaking on the radio all these years later. Rabbi Elazar Mayor Tights, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. And thank you again. For, I was going to say thank you again for welcoming me to JEC. Uh, transformation and change and um, and development is always so important. It's it's difficult to stay at the top without constantly evolving and adjusting. And just being here, by the way, in this physical facility, you and I, very you better than I, but both of us remember what the old gym looked like and what the old facility looked like. And this is simply remarkable. Absolutely. But that's what happens. The school grows, and we have to develop with it. In fact, JC has been symptomatic of change and development. The very concept of having a day school in a small town began in Elizabeth. Because when my father's Zechariah of Rocha began a school, the only places where you'd get day school education were New York, Baltimore, and Boston. Right. Period. And that was the first chidush, uh, first novelty. As far as the radio is concerned, yes, in 1953, he started to teach Gemara on the radio. And it was the first time that the radio was used for that purpose. As he said, there's a reason why technology develops, and we have to apply it for our benefit, for the sake of serving the Rebona Shalom, by spreading Torah through it. You know, there's some communities where the, the school or the yeshiva really is a separate entity, and this is not a, a criticism, just an observation. But here in Elizabeth, New Jersey, uh, your family, your father first, of course, and your family has always been synonymous with the school and the community. Uh, can you just uh, speak to that point for a moment and tell our listeners how unique it is that the educational system has been such a unique part of the growth of the community? My father always felt that what was central to Yiddishkeit was Jewish education. And he made it the centerpiece of the, of the community. The school is called the Jewish Educational Center. It's not just an education, it's a center for the community as a whole. And as he often used to say, in most places the communities maintain organizations. In the case of Elizabeth, the organization maintained the city. The reason it did not suffer what happened to so many old communities is because of the fact that there was a JEC here which attracted people to keep coming in and to benefit from what we have to offer. And that continues till today. People are observing the Elizabeth community going through yet another renaissance at this time. Absolutely. Once it was in one section of the city, the Elmora section, now it's in another section of the city, the North Avenue section. It is growing by leaps and bounds. In fact, we are talking now about having to build a new shoe building because the current one that is serving that part of the community, there simply is no room to breathe. So what's the secret? You know, from, your, from your standpoint, after 75 years, there are many institutions that would be on the quote-unquote downside, and yet we see the growth and development that continues here. What is the secret behind all this? Never being satisfied. As I've often remarked, it's not my statement. We say, Who will ascend and who will remain? In spiritual matters of the spirit, there is no remaining. It's harder to stay on one spot than it is to ascend. Because the uh, alternative to ascending is descent, not staying still. 
And as long as we're aware of that, never satisfied with what we've got, always seeking to improve, that's Baruch Hashem, what keeps it alive, thriving, and spirited. We're at a, a, period, of the, a period of the year where so many people are considering what high school to send their children to, um, recruitment season, I guess, would be the way to describe November in the Jewish community already at this time. I know you've enjoyed uh, an open house very recently here at the yeshiva, and all the divisions are going to be going through their own uh, opportunities to tell the community about the schools. What would you say to the average person listening about the JEC school uh, system in general? How would you describe it? How would you, uh, how would you tell them you know, what it stands for, so to speak? Well, for one thing, we believe not to go to extremes. We certainly concentrate on Limudei Chol, on the general studies, but on the other hand, Limudei Kodesh is still the primary. And we need excellence in the one in order to be able to attract people for excellence in the other. But I would say overwhelmingly, the main uh, thrust of our education is the importance of the individual. They're not treated as numbers, they're treated as people. Let me give you an example. We usually have parent-teacher conferences. This year, in the Masifta, in the boys' high school, the conferences not, did not consist of parents coming down one-on-one with the teacher. Rather, it was the students, each student one-on-one with all of his teachers. This gives the teacher even greater opportunity to learn the strengths and weaknesses of the student and to convey to the student what is expected of that particular student as opposed to goals for the class as a whole. And it is this attention to the individual where the fact that we are not a gigantic school that helps and the fact that it is big enough that we don't have to worry about not having enough to maintain programs, we're probably at the ideal size. And it's these things that I would say to people to consider. I'm afraid to say it, but I should. Above all, this should not be the student's decision, certainly not the student's decision alone. You can't expect a 13 or 14 year old to know what his goal in life should be and where it should be obtained. And certainly that's a place where parental guidance should come in, which unfortunately these days is, you know, almost not allowed to say it, let alone act on it. I would say those are words of good advice. Uh, well, I thank you again, and continued strength to you. I know that because of your schedule, we lose you to Dafyomi now, because Dafyomi and Limude Kodesh, as usual, take priority, even over a radio show. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> thank you so much, Rabbi Tights. Thanks. It's a pleasure meeting you once again. Always a pleasure. I have to mention that the Siegel and Tights families go a long way back together, when our fathers, Nachum Zanayim, Zekronim Levracha, were abunning three, four miles apart. Rabbi Siegel in Newark, my father and Elizabeth, and they had a collegial relationship which should be emulated by our body in general. Tremendous Jewish leadership in those days, and it should continue. You're 100% right. Thank you very much. Rabbi Lozer Mayer Tights, who's of course a dean here at JEC, and always has a unique way of bridging the gap for us between the past and present as we celebrate 75 years. And we uh, are sitting here in the most magnificent facility of the RTMA Thunder. They may be, they, they are the centerpiece of the brand new gym here at JEC. Plenty more coming up as we celebrate 75 years at the JEC in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And of course, uh, RTMA and Brewerio will all be represented this morning as you would, as you would uh, expect. Uh, that's all happening here at JMA. And we go through our own transformation, as we've been saying, as we uh, continue into a uh, digital, into a digital only platform coming up on December 1st. Make sure you are prepared for that. Make sure to install the Nahum Siegel Network app 
in your phone. I was sitting with someone last night who installed the app on the spot, took about 20 seconds, and was thrilled to discover they're going to be able to tune in every single morning in a uh, seamless fashion to us, even after December 1st. Uh, I was told that David Lowy is actually is actually a JEC uh, school graduate. We've got some of his music, and we have it for you right here at JM in the AM. David Lowy, who I am told, um, graduated RTMA, Rav Tights Masifta Academy, back in 2004. And uh, he's out with that uh, album entitled uh, Ata'i Madi, that's the title track. 
So we see the diverse talents of the graduates, of the students of RTMA and the JEC system, no joke, um, as he has made his mark in the world of Jewish music. Dr. Stephen Sinkfer is here. He's president of the Board of Trustees here at JEC and is welcoming us on this 75th anniversary celebration morning. Dr. Sinkfer, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. My pleasure to be here. How long have you, to welcome you. I appreciate that. How long have you been at, uh, affiliated with JEC? Uh, I arrived here in September of 1968 when <laughs> HYA could no longer field an eighth grade class. So Is that a fact? That's a fact, yeah. I'm trying to think, 68, why HYA would have been in that situation. Uh, I get, oh, because the, the neighborhood started changing already. Changed that point, a great right? deal, yeah. Wow. Your brother got out in time and uh, we couldn't great. have an eighth grade. <laughs> so I arrived in Elizabeth. <laughs> so was my brother a year ahead of you? Yes, he was. Oh, that's so we were in Sheer together. Oh, is that funny? Yeah. Boy, oh, boy. I'm glad I asked the question. Um, well, then you, uh, probably more than anybody else, from a, a lay leadership standpoint, could talk about this incredible transformation and what the last uh, and what many of the last 75 years have been like. Uh, tell us how things are today compared to the old days. Uh, it's in some ways a world of difference. I mean, in terms of the way education has changed and uh, children have changed, but there's so much continuity. I mean, I came into the building last night. We had open house. The first person I ran into was Rabbi Snow, who was here back when I was in high school. We played ball together. I asked him how things are going, and he said, this place is unbelievable. At the moment, Ami Newman was up on stage speaking, and he said, principal. Yes, our new principal, RTMA principal, and he said, this guy is unbelievable. I've been here for years. I've seen them come. I've seen them go. I've never seen anyone like him. And the energy that he brings to the position, the enthusiasm that's just permeating the holes of the school is absolutely incredible. So I, I think that uh, on the RTMA level, certainly we're very well positioned to, to run into the future. It's just a tremendous, tremendous vibe. And so, it's, I'm sorry? No, and it's, it's across the board. I mean, we've made tremendous changes in the last year. Uh, the elementary school level, lower school now, we call the JC Lower School. Uh, we brought in Rabbi Uzi Beer, who is also a dynamo, very much the same, cut from the same cloth. Yeah, we're going to meet him later on. Uh, he's just been incredible. I mean, the excitement and energy. I have three immediate family members who are on staff in the elementary school. My wife uh, teaches first grade Limude Kodesh for over the last 30 years. Uh, my daughter, Aliza, is the second grade English teacher. My daughter-in-law, Malki Singfer, is the fourth grade English teacher and the excitement that they're coming home with and the, the, the stories they're telling me about the enthusiasm and energy that's in the school today is so heartening. I just feel this tremendous level of confidence about where we're going in the future. Dr. Stephen Sinkfer is with us, uh, President of the Board of Trustees. Uh, it's amazing how um, difficult it is. I mean, think about you know the era when we were in school. Uh, things seem so much simpler. Today, you need so many departments, so many specialties, Absolutely. a lot of attention to different problems that really didn't exist or we didn't know about back right. then. And, and yet, a, a school that's so steeped in tradition and has this long history is able to jump into 2016 and have all those services available. Well, we're working hard to make these things possible for the wonderful administrators that we put in place. We've got great educators on every level now. We Also, early childhood, we brought in uh, Ramona Rivka Isaacs, who has really brought tremendous uh, skill, energy, enthusiasm to, to, to her position. Um, yeah, we have great people in place, and they want to do wonderful things. 
and it's our job as a board of trustees to try to ensure that these things can happen and we can provide the best product possible and uh, maintain and grow the reputation of the yeshiva moving into the future. Well, you certainly seem to be doing a good job at that. Uh, I wish you good luck as the 75th anniversary celebration continues, and I know there are a lot of events which we're going to be talking about that are coming up, uh, really open to the community and uh, things that you feel, uh, you as a school, feel are important to uh, to bring to the community. So continue good luck with that and great Thank success you. during the school year. Thank you so much. Appreciate Pleasure having it. you Thank on. Thank you for your help. Dr. Stephen Singfer is here. He's the uh, president of the Board of Trustees and uh, enjoying a Thursday morning broadcast of JM and the AM Live from JEC. You can head to the web right now at NahumSiegel.com and see our live video. ZK's behind the uh, camera, and uh, that's me if you're looking right now. Uh, as we broadcast from here, again, you can go to the live video at the homepage at NahumSiegel.com. All of our social media is active, of course, on Facebook, NahumSiegel Network, on Twitter at NahumSiegel Net, on Instagram, NahumSiegel Network. Uh, you can go and, uh, and check out the photos that we are posting as we speak. Plenty more coming up. It's a JM in the AM Thursday morning as we broadcast live from JEC and we continue to celebrate its 75th anniversary here in Elizabeth, New Jersey.
JM in the AM. You can watch everything we're doing this morning by going to NahumSiegel.com. ZK is trying to get my good side on the uh, video. You successful at that or not? You doing okay in that department? I thank you for that. Also, I want to thank um, uh, Jamie Turkel and uh, Yoni Pollock, who are uh, working diligently to make sure that we sound as good as possible between now and 9 o'clock and that this show goes as smoothly as possible. By the way, the JEC Alumni Network has a unique event that is not only limited to those who are alumni, and I say this because the person that they are featuring is one of the most uh, attractive guests and speakers uh, today, especially in the New York area. The fifth annual Mrs. Chaya Newman Memorial Lecture will feature Judge Rookie Fryer, and Judge Rookie Fryer, who we've had on the air, is in fact a pioneering Orthodox woman. Uh, in this case, she's a pioneering Orthodox female judge. She has just won her election uh, to the position of judge in uh, New York City. And on Saturday night, December the 17th, at the uh, Mrs. Chaya Newman Memorial Lecture, uh, she will be featured at the uh, Gala Malava Malka. It's happening at the Berea campus on North Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey. She, she is a, excuse me, she's a civil court judge in Brooklyn's 5th District, and a great speaker, and as I say, somebody who really has been a newsmaker in our community. So note that it's not just for the alumni that evening, it is for the greater community. And for information, you can contact thejec.org or dial 908-355-4850. Also, we should mention, since we spent a lot of time already in the first hour talking about um, uh, messages to parents about how uh, JEC continues to uh, be at the top of its game. We should mention that uh, in addition to last night's open house, which we, which was in this room, by the way, and from what we hear was a great success in terms of numbers and in terms of atmosphere, uh, we should also mention that the Breweria High School open house is happening this coming Sunday. Uh, registration begins at 9 a.m. Again, that's 35 North Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey. You can pre-register by visiting org. That's org, or dialing 908 908- Three five five four eight five zero. So the open house for Berea that's happening this coming Sunday. And speaking of open house, JEC's lower school and early childhood department has its own open house happening on Wednesday, November the sixteenth. That begins at seven fifteen that evening in this building at three thirty Elmora Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Not only can you pre-register online, but if you pre-register, you are eligible for a, a registra- for a chance to win a registration discount. All the details are online. Again, go to uh, thejec.org or dial 908-355-4850. So in addition to last night's great successful uh, open house that happened for RTMA in this room, uh, there is an upcoming brewery one for this coming Sunday and the JEC one on Wednesday night. November the 16th. So keep that in mind. We'll also be going through the morning. Uh, we'll be going through different community events, some of which are for our alumni and others that are for the greater community, as you um, uh, will be able to plan on attending some of these great events at the at the JEC. And uh, also hot off the press is the uh, JEC um, monthly publication, um, which features it's 24 pages that features a whole bunch of great material about what's happening at the school, behind the scenes, and in front of the scenes. And some of the things that we're going to be discussing this morning are, in fact, stories in the JEC brand-new publication. So we wish them good luck with that. And if you are in the Elizabeth community, make sure you pick up a copy and read up on what's happening here. Uh, more coming up at JM in the AM. We're here until 9 o'clock, live at NahumSiegel.com on video and uh, on audio, of course, throughout all of our platforms. Social media is active, so you can check us out on Facebook at Nahum Siegel Network, on Twitter at Nahum Siegel Net, and on Instagram at Nahum Siegel Network. And uh, we will continue with more, uh, including this from Mordechai Shapiro on a Thursday morning broadcast 
from J.C. Mordechai Shapiro, Thursday morning, celebrating 75 years here at JEC. Dr. Rifka Blau is no stranger to our airwaves. Um, she can speak about the history of JEC better than anybody else, or as well, I should say, as anybody else. <laughs> Welcome back to JM and the AM. Great to see you this morning. A pleasure. One second. We have it there? Go ahead. Try that one more time. Okay, just a moment. Dr. Blau, I'm going, I'm going to stall for half a second and just give ZK an opportunity uh, to get us going here in terms of our audio. And then we will continue here at, uh, at JM in the AM. 
And um, I remind you, uh, meanwhile, I remind everybody out there that as we continue this amazing celebration of 75 years at JEC, there are many, many different community events that are going on that we will outline for you all through the morning as we speak to our different guests and get an opportunity to speak to the principals and the uh, leaders here at JEC. All right, Dr. Blau, thank you for making that adjustment and joining us with the headset microphone. Okay. I thank you. A pleasure again. <laughs> Third time. So now you know I really mean it. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, so I said that you are, you are among the people who could speak about the history of this institution from a, uh, a very well-informed point of view. In fact, I even repeated a grade here. I was sent to nursery, <laughs> and then I got a new sister so I got sent again <laughs> so that my mother could take care of the baby at home. I really know this place well. <laughs> That's for sure. And it's amazing. It's, uh, we always talk about um, transformation. We talk about uh, staying ahead of the game doing what's necessary to remain current and for some reason this institution has been able to do that over all these years. Uh, I'll tell you an interesting thing about this institution. I hope it picks it up again. When I was in fifth and sixth grade here, we had all our Limute Kodesh together because there weren't enough students to have separate fifth and sixth grade. I studied Gemara together with the boys and I was very taken aback later on when I went to school in Brooklyn because we only went through sixth grade then that there was no Gemara uh, for the girls. And the girls were very taken aback that I thought there should be. So I went home and I asked my father, why do people object to girls learning Gemara? So my father said, don't try to answer anybody. He said, if this generation is the generation where girls learn Gemara, it will go down as a golden age in Jewish history. And he quoted the Gemara in Sanhedrin that says, that they checked the length and breadth of Israel and they didn't find a man or a woman, a young child, boy or girl, who didn't know all the dinim, all the laws of Tumah Tahara, very complicated laws of purity. And he said that's what we should be aiming for again. We should be aiming for everybody to know. And uh, when my father had the Tava Shavuah, the radio program, teaching Gemara from 1953 to 1988, people used to send him postcards and letters with questions. And whenever one came from a woman, he would write back to tell her, I am so glad that women are learning Gemara because I'm teaching it over the radio. He thought that was a wonderful thing. Why, how did he obtain this attitude toward Jewish education for ladies? He was very forward-thinking, and he thought the future was with education, and that the only way that anything would thrive in this country, Jewishly, would be if people knew. He felt that the biggest problem here was that people simply didn't know. Um, I'll tell a joke that's not my own. I heard it from Miriam Shapiro, and her husband heard it from the shamas in his shul. But it really says what was going on 50 years ago in this country. Um, the shamas said that we used to be the Am HaSefer. Everything revolved around the Torah. But at that point, when we had Israel and the War of 48 had already been fought, so we became the Am HaAretz, very focused on Israel. But he said, unfortunately, we became the Am HaAretz, <laughs> the ignorant nation. And we had to repair that. And that was what my father set out to do. Was he criticized for being a Jewish leader, an a, a obvious-looking Orthodox rabbi, right. who had this attitude toward uh, education for women? He was criticized for everything he did. <laughs> That's how you knew everything he was successful. Huh? <laughs> when he started the school in Elizabeth, there was an outcry from the rest of the community, from the non-Orthodox community, which was the great majority. Who needs a day school? What are you doing? You're separating the kids off from the rest of the population. And my father said, on the contrary, we're making a contribution to America. If we raise kids with good values, we're making a real contribution. And he predicted then that if the community would invest in education, it would last. And if not, it would disappear. 
And now there are only Orthodox shuls in Elizabeth, five Orthodox shuls. The Conservative Temple closed about 20 years ago. Reform closed about 35 years ago. They didn't have continuity because the kids didn't know anything. And he felt, make it open to every child possible. Also, I will add... I love the story on that topic you told last time. Right, about the students who's... Uh, well, he wasn't a student yet. His mother wanted to give away his farm, right. but had been left by a relative. Right. She said, nobody in this family can use them. Right. And my father said, nobody... Don't, isn't there a grandchild? Oh, yeah, I have a son, but he doesn't know anything. My father said, let him come to the JEC for one year, free of charge. Complete scholarship. Let him just try it. And then, at that student's wedding... My father gave him a present of the svarim that had belonged to his grandfather, which he could certainly use at that point and certainly knew how to, how to study. And that his mother wanted to get rid of. Yeah, yeah. So. Amazing. And we also speak about your father when it comes to the topic of Soviet Jewry. And it crossed my mind the other day because of the, the different political landscape that we're in now. And really, the, the, the unknown seems to be dominant in, yes. everyone, in everyone's thoughts. Question and marks. The big question marks, and especially yes. the relationship of the U.S. and Russia, etc. And you think about his role, in, and, and people listening to this who are under a certain age don't even realize what kind of effort, what kind of struggle, what kind of incredible um, uh, revolutionary ideas were being undertaken by people like your father to help Jews in the former Soviet Union, what, we, what they now know as Russia. Right, <laughs> right. Well, I, I think you and I both share something, because both our fathers went many times and did not speak about it afterward. Because they both realized that if you speak here, somebody there is going to pay for it. Right. And they couldn't give names. For example, my father used to carry gitten back and forth, divorces back and forth, because sometimes one person made it out of Russia and the spouse remained behind. But then they both had their lives curtailed because they couldn't remarry, and yet they were not going to be living together. So my father worked together with the RCA, the Rabbinical Council of America, and together with other Rabbanim, and Rabbanim in Israel and in the United States, and in fact in countries in Europe also, but wherever possible to let people go on with their lives. That's just one small part of what he did. Um, he saved cemeteries all over that were slated for destruction. Right. Um, he built proper uh, markers for the graves of people like Refraim Gorzinski, the Vilnagon, the Baal Shem Tov. It was a wreck when he came to the cemetery where the Baal Shem Tov was, but he found somebody to, to repair it. But those are just, uh, th those are wonderful things, but those are not the major thing. The major thing is that he brought Jewish education to Russian Jews. It had to be done in a very quiet way. For example, the Sudurim that he used to distribute had instructions to learn how to read Hebrew. You actually brought the Sudurim with you. Anybody uh, watching on video, you can yeah. actually hold that up and people can see. This is <laughs> okay, a small is sitter and comprehensive is an understatement. It has everything in it. It's called Kalbo. Correct. Everything is in it, including how to write a including how to make tzitzis, including how to make tefillin, including everything that you could think of, how to live a Jewish life. And the, the purpose was to, to make it possible for, for people to do so. Now, again, Nachum and I both know that um, our fathers were criticized because nobody knew exactly what they were doing in Russia. And my father made 22 trips. I don't know how many trips your father made, but I know it was certainly more than, more than five, probably more than ten. My father began in 1964. And people used to ask me, well, your father must be working for the KGB, or he must be working for the NKVD, because how does he get this permission to go to Russia 22 times? And meanwhile, back here in the States, he was speaking against demonstrations. And when I was older, he explained to me why he did what he did. Every time he spoke against demonstrations, he got permission to get another visa to go to Russia. Right. And he said, let people consider me very unpopular. The uh, goal of Jewish leadership, <coughs> pardon me, is not popularity. 
uh, but I have to help Jews there. And let the kids go on with their demonstrations. Let everybody go on with their demonstrations. Yeah. I'll speak against it. O- only when I get older, when I got older, did I realize that it was all a strategy on his part. And exactly. he was probably It was probably heartwarming for him to see thousands of people take to the streets on behalf of Absolutely. Soviet Jews. Absolutely. He said, that, let the kids do it. That's wonderful. Sure. And I just have one interesting thing here um, that uh, a, a student from the JC who's now a professor in Connecticut, um, Stu Miller, a uh, wonderful thing that he wrote. Uh, he told me that when he was in the Soviet Union in 1978, he met with a refusenik who was teaching Hebrew privately, who was not yet observant. Now he's observant. Then he was Leonid Volvovsky. Now he's Ari. <laughs> and um, he uh, told, um, he, he turned to uh, Stu and he asked him, by the way, do you know somebody named Ruff Tights? So I'll just read to you quickly what he said. I said yes, not knowing what to expect. I had been privy to the movement's view of his activities over the years and wasn't sure what he was going to say. Leonid then touched his fingers to his mouth and blew a kiss into the air. Now I did not know what to think. I was expecting a tirade against the one rabbi who was able to move around the Soviet Union so freely. Not so. Leonid then went on to ask me whether I knew what Rav Tites brought to the Soviet Union. Yes, I said, usually Sidurim and Machsorim. I will never forget what he told me next. Those Machsorim, he related in Hebrew, do you think the old men in the synagogue need them? How many after all can they use? What do you think happens to those Machsorim? He told me that the old men needed to finance the synagogue so they would sell them to the Tzirim, to the young, meaning the young Chiloni refuseniks, the secular refuseniks. What for? So that Leonid and a few others could teach them Hebrew. And that's how he learned Hebrew, and that's how he became a Paul Shuvah. Through the Machsorim. Through the, through the Siddur. Through the Siddur. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're Machsorim, they're Hakados, they're Rangulos, they're all kinds of things, and always with the modern Russian translation. Uh, because my way father, before, you know, today it's so common. Yeah. This is so way before all of this was, was at the ready for everybody. Amazing. My father also said that Israel should prepare for the fact that one day there would be emigration, and they should be preparing Bate Din. They should be preparing rabbinic courts to convert people, because probably a good percentage of the people who would be coming out would not actually be Jewish. Well, it was so much and that's what happened. Exactly what happened. Yeah. By the way, we started this, uh, Dr. Rifka Blau is with us. Uh, we started this conversation speaking about women's education. Um, we mentioned, uh, in terms of community events, that the Breweria Open House is coming up this weekend. Um, you, you know the stellar reputation that the school has. You must yes. be over the moon when you hear people talk about Breweria High School. It has absolutely one of the best Tanakh programs anywhere. Uh, in fact, there's a young woman in this community, Shira Haas, now Shira Packer. Who Living on in Lower East Side. Uh, right, yeah. your neighbor, right. <laughs> your friend. Sure. Uh, she was on a trip to Israel with her parents, and uh, the tour guide took them to a certain site and asked if anybody knew the Pasuk related to this site, the verse related to this place. And Shira, of course, having the Tanakh education of Brewery, raised her hand and said the verse. So the tour guide looked up and said, do you go to, did you go to Brewery High School? She said yes. He said, those are the only ones who know this. <laughs> <laughs> it was really quite what revelation. What a nice reputation to yeah, have. Huh? Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Dr. Blau, thank you. A pleasure to be here. Always great to have okay. you okay. on. Okay, thank you so much. Okay. Dr. Rifka Blau, everybody, she is... Uh, an amazing lady and has a perspective on the uh, Jewish community, which is always worth exploring. Uh, we are live at JEC on a very special Thursday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. You can go to NahumSiegel.com and check out the video on our home page. You'll see everything that's happening this morning with us uh, as we visit JEC and celebrate its 75 years. We have plenty more coming up. Simcha Liner is next, and uh, we will continue with more on a uh, Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning live from J.E.C. Getting toward the top of the hour, and we have two very special guests with us in our makeshift studio. You know where our studio is? It's in the main gymnasium. Uh, the brand new main gymnasium of the RTMA Thunder. Uh, we are sitting at one end of the floor, and uh, I get a lot of uh, enjoyment when I'm in a gymnasium like this, and I see the incredible work that's been done to make this facility as beautiful as possible. I can only imagine what it's like when the bleachers are filled. Shana Whites is with us. She can tell us what it's like when the bleachers are filled, and Andy Schultz as well. Shana Whites is a Brewery graduate. Uh, a teacher and current RTMA parent, uh, Andy Schultz is Director of Institutional Advancement. Welcome to both of you. Thank you for joining me here at JM and Ann. Good morning. Thank you for having us. What's it like when the bleachers are full? Loud. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> Must be a great feeling. Um, you know, one of the points that, uh, that I was made aware of, which is um, I, maybe obvious to certain people who are um, uh, looking forward to the <coughs> alumni events, and we'll talk about them in a moment, is it is an, an amazing opportunity uh, to network with 75 years worth of people who are involved in the Jewish world. Definitely. And Definitely. People, people shouldn't overlook that. Not only is it a great gathering, and I, and I would assume a wonderful feeling of nostalgia, but you get to meet a lot of people and really expand your own networking circle by, uh, by meeting real leaders in the Jewish community. Absolutely, absolutely. I ran um, last year, I helped run my uh, class reunion last year. How'd that go? 25 years. It was fantastic. We had a, about half of the class. It was a small class of 60, but we had about 30. Talking about networking, that was networking. And now we're all in touch, and it really reconnected everybody all over again, which was really fantastic. Well, it's a wonderful benefit, and the JEC Alumni Network is presenting an opportunity to, again, network, socialize, and connect in an exclusive rooftop cocktail and barbecue meet and greet, which is happening on Monday night, November the 21st. I believe you did a similar event last year. Am I correct? Within the last 18 months. Oh, right, in the last 18 months. Uh, it starts at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, November the 21st at the Lyric Rooftop on West 94th Street in New York City. Uh, there is an email address, alumni at the jec.org, alumni at the jec.org. There's a Facebook page as well, and, of course, you can call the school to get information about all of the alumni events. Ha has this gone the way you thought it would when you opened up this whole and, and, and really um, uh, um, increased the whole alumni presence with the school? Actually, the successes exceeded our expectations. We found that alumni from throughout the last 30, 40 years have really taken interest in this, and we've been very successful, as Shana mentioned, in executing some of the class reunions. But having more generalized events, opportunities for alumni throughout the years to connect with each other, both professionally, personally, and otherwise, people have really been responsive to it. And we have to be unique. I mean, this rooftop event, I think, speaks to, uh, it speaks to different, uh, uh, sort of a different type of group, different dynamic, but we also had something at the doghouse a few years ago. You know, right. we're trying to be That's diversified right. in terms of what right. we're doing. Yeah, it's a little different than bringing everybody to the school gym. Nothing against the school gym, of course, but it's different than just opening up the school and inviting everybody in. It's a unique type of event, and everyone has an opportunity again November the 21st uh, to take advantage of it. And I would assume this is graduates of any JEC school, right? Absolutely. The entire system. Absolutely. And at this point, that number must be immense. <laughs> I'm a little concerned about what the roof is going to look like <laughs> in this building. But I don't just mean for the event. I would think the alumni circle of JEC must be huge, gargantuan. Huge, right. huge, exactly. <laughs> and, and by the way, 
any alumni event we're doing, I mean, we do it under the aegis of the alumni network, but it's really we encourage parents, current parents, former parents, those who have a vested interest or otherwise in the JEC should come. These are wonderful, wonderful events. And in some ways, we should brand them as events for the JEC family. But we do want to emphasize the value of our alumni staying connected, staying engaged. And I will tell you that that has really been one of the keys to our success over the last few years. And we plan to really uh, perpetuate and enhance and expand alumni engagement opportunities. It's wonderful. And Shane is terrific. She's, uh, she's a dear friend and a great partner in all of this. So uh, her reunion was, was among the best. Shana White and Andy Schultz with us. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, of course, on the NSN app. What's it like to have a second-generation JEC affiliation? Is it a unique feeling? It's amazing. It's amazing. I started here when I was in nursery, <laughs> went up through, all through Berea. My kids are all, I have four kids, three went through the system. It's amazing. It's amazing to give back, and I teach now also, so it's really an incredible feeling. And people around the Jewish community know there have been a lot of changes here. Well, how could you speak to those changes in terms of how positive they've been over the last year and a year and a half? Fantastic changes. I mean, the boys, I have boys, two boys now currently in the high school, and they were so excited. One just came back from the open house last night, so excited of all the nice changes that happened last night and all the boys that were there, the excitement that goes on in the high school. It's incredible. Uh, and I remind everybody that the, because uh, you mentioned the open house last evening, I remind everybody this Sunday they got a chance at Berea, and then of course at JEC school uh, coming up on the 16th of November uh, has their open house on that weeknight. Uh, in terms of alumni, I mean, it, it's funny because um, we've done shows from different schools. We're on video live. I remember this show specifically, getting uh, alumni in Israel you know, um, specifically who are watching, you know, what was going on here, because there's a connection, and again, because it's so many years and such deep-rooted feelings, there's a connection that people feel, you know, they want to have, and they use the opportunity just to look in what was happening here all these years well, later. And we're also, we're all proud to be alumni. That's really what it is. We're proud to be Breweria and JC alum- alumni. Best way for people to do this. I see there's a lot of options of how to, you know, how to get involved and how to actually sign up, I guess, you know, as part of the... Uh, a JEC alumni system, what would you recommend? What would be the best way to do this? We, we have a separate email, alumni at the JEC.org. Okay. Um, we also have an alumni office here, so they can call the main number and ask for the alumni office. And you know, there's always somebody standing by to assist, and we have really a, a, an entire network of alumni who, if someone wants to learn more, somebody is interested in opportunities to reconnect, we have people ready, willing, and able to have those engaging conversations. It's, right. it's incredible. There is a LinkedIn page. There is what you mentioned, the uh, rtma.thejec.org and brewery.thejec.org. So there's web pages for it. There's a Facebook page of people search the JEC. They'll get the alumni. There's a Twitter account that people search on Twitter. There are a lot of options. If, you, we, if anybody wants to be involved. You'll, you'll get there. We, you'll are, get there. we are ubiquitous in cyberspace. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, again, I remind you, the JEC Alumni Network, and, uh, as uh, both Shada and, um, and Andy have uh, pointed out, uh, this is open not just to alumni, but if you're a- at all part of the JEC family, you should feel welcome uh, to be part of it. It happens on Monday night, November the 21st, an exclusive rooftop cocktail and barbecue meet and greet starting at 6.30 p.m. at the Lyric Rooftop, which is on West 94th Street in New York City. Co-chairing the event, Sammy Rosenzweig, who goes back to RTMA 2008. 
and uh, Shira Teichman, who's Brewery of 2007. So, of course, uh, distinguished alumni are co-chairing the event. Information, uh, alumni at the JEC.org, or call the main office at 908-355-4850. And as I mentioned earlier, any of the social media sites, if you search the JEC, you'll be able to gain access. Anything you'd like to add on this topic? Although we're excited for the event, and hopefully have a lot of people show up. I greatly really appreciate nice. you joining me this morning. Thank and you. continued good luck. Strong alumni means a strong institution as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Indeed. And it looks like you guys, every time we show up, are getting stronger and stronger. So, collect a vote. Uh, more coming up here on a Thursday morning broadcast at JM and the AM as we continue. Uh, I remind you that we are going through our own transformation at JM and the AM as uh, this program becomes the exclusive presentation and, um, and flagship program of the Nahum Siegel Network. Make sure you're ready for the big switch coming up. December the 1st. Primarily, we want to make sure everybody has the NSN app for Android and iPhone, which you could search in your app store by just uh, punching in the words Nahum Siegel Network. And we'll have more details about that coming up, of course. Oh, and I also wanted to mention, <clears throat> I actually wanted to wish a mazel tov. The uh, New Springville Jewish Center on Staten Island is an institution, oh, and they have sent uh, students to JEC, by the way, the New Springville Jewish Center. And it's an institution that is extremely dear to my heart. Many of you know that. And um, the president of the New Springville Jewish Center is Mr. Robert Hecht. And they have uh, opened up, um, uh, the shul has opened up the possibility for me for many, many years, over three decades, to lead services on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which I greatly appreciate. And I was told that the Hecht family is getting ready for their grand opening this coming Sunday at West Shore Lighting. West Shore Lighting on Staten Island is having its grand opening this coming Sunday starting at 11 a.m. It's a brand-name lighting location, and they're having this big celebration uh, going on uh, going on there at their address, which is 600 Gulf Avenue, 600 Gulf Avenue in Staten Island beginning Sunday at 11 a.m. So I want to wish a mazel tov to a Robert Hecht and the entire Hecht family as they open up this uh, brand-new facility and uh, celebrate on Sunday beginning at 11 a.m. with their uh, open house grand opening. So everybody, uh, if you have a chance to go there, wish them a mazel tov. And again, I thank uh, Mr. Robert Hecht, the president of the New Springville Jewish Center, um, for his graciousness over all these years. More coming up at JM and the AM. Here's Benny Friedman.
JM. Oh, sorry about that. JM in the AM. <laughs> That's Benny Friedman. Uh, we are uh, live with our mobile studio in the uh, beautiful brand new gymnasium at JEC, home of the RTMA Thunder. How are the Thunder doing? We'll find out. We are not coming to JEC, not doing a sports segment. We'll find out what's going on coming up. First, the people with the most difficult jobs in Jewish education. Dr. Akiva Perlman and Drs. Uh, Rebecca Michelle and Shoshana Friedman, they are all here as our guests. They are, uh, from what I am told, they are the um, particulars in the guidance department here at the JEC. And uh, I only tongue-in-cheek say that the uh, it's the most difficult job these days, but it seems like it is, in fact. No matter what school uh, you're in, guidance is one of the most difficult jobs out there. Anyway, welcome to all of you, and thank you for joining me here this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Good morning. Um, earlier in the show, I was uh, discussing with Rabbi Tights. I think it was with Rabbi Tights. I think maybe one of our other guests as well. Uh, with Dr. Singfer. I was discussing with Dr. Singfer how different things are today than when I was in school. Uh, if I would describe to you the guidance department when I went to school, <laughs> it would be a lot different than what you have today. Could you, could you give us a... Uh, an illustration of, right. ha- of, of, how the, of how large or how comprehensive a guidance department in a school has to be these days? In short, in short, we have close to 20 people a part of our team. Um, so there's the three of us that head up each division. Um, for me, the boys' high school and the middle school, Dr. Freeman at Berea, and Dr. Michelle in the elementary school. Uh, but then we also have great advisors and mechanchot that work under us. Uh, but I remember my experience also in the guidance department. It was like this dark room in the back alley behind everything else, behind some books. A little corner um, closet that nobody ever thought about. Yeah, and I, I think at this point, at this point, we're, we're a part of the fabric of the institution. We're a part of the educational process. Um, every step of the way, we're there. And I think the reason being is that emotional health, emotional well-being is so integral to any other part of learning. We had mm-hmm. Rebelia Brudney here just uh, yesterday speaking with our teachers. And he made this statement of well-being is like a part of the Torah. That was his statement. He said you can't internalize like the beauty, the integrity of the Torah unless you're like a healthy human being. Um, so what we try to do is bring that into every facet of education. Um, and it's it starts from the beginning. A religious leader like himself decades ago would never, I don't think, would have thought that way or would have incorporated it into the school experience. Right. And this he's he made a very point special to, uh, man. Yeah. You know, it's funny, in, in, in the notes that I was handed as we uh, introduce our guests and welcome all of you to the show, so someone made the point to say that every division is led in the guidance department by a doctor, meaning that, you know, people now, in order to qualify for this position, really do need degrees and background, proper education, etc. And that's, that's significant. That's important. Yeah, it's quite amazing. I, I think it, we do stand out in the fact that every division has a doctor. Every right. division is really the, the top in, in their field. Um, we brought a Dr. Michelle this year um, who's done some amazing work in the past, and she sort of landed running. Um, brought in a program just a few days ago, a bullying program, and created a whole curriculum. Is in the classroom. It's phenomenal what she's doing, and Dr. Freeman as well. Um, these are people that are like the top of the field. Well, let's explore some of that. What, I mean, so bullying is obviously one of, the, uh, uh, one of the topics that's always coming up when it comes to guidance and uh, you know, trying to, um, uh, trying to uh, how do I put it? Um, <laughs> run a school properly. You know, it, it's it's certainly one of the top topics of the day. Uh, let's go around. Just tell me some of the challenges that kids are facing these days, and things that are coming across your desks on a regular basis. What types of problems are there? 
Um, I think bullying became a hot word. Yeah, lately. for sure. Uh, and one of the reasons we were excited to have Dr. Norman Blumenthal here to discuss the topic earlier this week is to lend some clarity and insight into what bullying really is. And I think walking away, the parents really got a sense of that and understood that, thank God, this is not an environment where we have bullying. Do we have normal conflict? Yes. Do we have typical um, peer interactions? Yes. Is it bullying? Almost, almost never. Um, but we are trying to address the, the norm, the typical peer conflict, the typical interactions, to give them the tools to just deal with regular relationships and normal um, incidents on the playground, which are all part of growing up. Yeah, well, I guess... Uh See, I'm trying to, I'm trying to um, think back to the good old days, so to speak. It seems like these problems have always been, you know, have always yeah. been at the forefront and always had to be dealt with. I just, I assume we never dealt with it in such a formal, yeah, we've in just such never a given it a way. term or a proper word, right? And that word is is bullying. And what we, what we've needed to do is sort of create like a language, give the kids a language at a very young age. What does it mean to act appropriately, to be kind? Um, to be aware of another's emotion. And then as they progress, um, it becomes a lot more complicated. Um, and the way we treat it becomes more complicated. In the middle school, we have a full curriculum um, for the kids that, that really speak about not only like the bully interaction, but what does it mean to witness it? What is the bystander like? Um, and that's our focus. But that's from sixth through eighth grade, which Dr. Blumenthal said is the real, like most important age to really address this head on. Um, we've been running that for almost 10 years now. Right. Like a, a wonderful program. Does the, does the uh, you know, today there, um, there are so many different uh, educational needs that each individual student needs, that each individual student, you know, faces in terms of their own capabilities, in terms of um, um, uh, different things that they may be, I don't want to say suffering from, but they, you know, different conditions they may have. Is this all under the guidance department? Would all of that fall? So you're essentially in a relationship with every student trying to, to advocate for them to get what they need, whether it's in the testing system or in the classroom atmosphere, etc. right? Every Absolutely. one of them. Well, I think we actually meet with every single one of our students. Um, you know, early on in the year, we get to know all the new students, have individual meetings with them. We have a phenomenal team in our school at Berea um, of Mechanchot that work with our students, meet with our students. You know, at this point, it's only a couple months into the year. All of our students have virtually been met with uh, by one of our great advisors. They're also getting lots of training, programming. Um, Dr. Perlman mentioned Rev. Brudney, who we brought in this week to our teachers. He was talking about you know, a lot of the issues that they've been dealing with as teachers in the school, addressing a lot of topics that we really haven't had a forum to be able to talk about in other, in other areas. You know, they had an opportunity to ask questions, address more sensitive topics that sometimes come up with our students. So we're having these programs for our teachers. We're getting into the classrooms on a regular basis with our students. Um, we're bringing in a healthy body image program now for our students. It's about you know promoting positive body image, positive body talk to really contrast some of the social media messages that our students are getting. Um, and between, I guess, the guidance department, which is very much a fabric, part of the fabric of the school, uh, the culture in Berea at this point, I, you know, talk, speaking of high school, same thing, you know, when, uh, when I was in high school, the guidance department was kind of a place you went to. If you went, you kind of snuck, snuck out. At this point, it's really very much the culture of Berea, which really predated me, um, is, is one where the students can 
come, they're making appointments, my, my days are booked with students that are seeking out help. It's, I mean, it's an amazing experience. Dr. Shoshana Friedman, Dr. Rebecca Michelle, Dr. Akiva Perlman speaking about guidance. Yeah, we keep talking about the open houses and, and the fact that parents are invited to check out all the schools, obviously, um, either through the formal open house or on their own. They would not settle for less than this now, right? There's no way to actually run a school without this one-on-one, -on -one, without guaranteeing the parents that there will be a one-on-one -on -one, um, supervision, a one-on-one -on -one, uh, attention being given to each student for their educational needs and their social needs. For I, I, think many, I think many parents are settling. I think what you're seeing here is very mm -hmm. unique. Really? I don't think it's the norm. I think when you're talking about a program that is as intensive as ours, where every single kid is accounted for, um, where we're just checking in on them. I, I, this might be a controversial statement, but I see this generation as having of the hardest times. They're inundated with so much that comes their way, and we need to pay attention to that. And the fact that there's the three of us that are overlooking um, this, this institution and making sure that every kid is met, I do see that is unique. I don't think that that's the norm. I think it's kind of special what we have here. Uh, and in addition to that, uh, if one were to analyze closely how different things are now than even a year ago or two years ago with the social media component especially, uh, we don't realize as you know, people my age, I don't think realize what kids today are going through and how it's ever changing, how it's evolving and in some areas gets very dangerous. Yes, there's no question. There, there are many new frontiers out there on the web uh, just with general technology and uh, we're talking about it. We have programs in Berea, we have programs in, in RTMA that really address this. We're aware of it. We, I conducted a survey several years ago through, from the middle school all the way through the high school and what we found is that these kids have access to virtually everything. Um, we accept that as a reality and we say, okay, considering that reality, what can we do to make it better for them? Right. Um, and primarily we want to give them a forum because when kids are in this alone, uh, we have a program coming up where the parents are going to be coming in and learning more about this, but when kids are in it alone, they don't, they don't have a way to kind of express or diffuse that, that energy. They want a place to turn to that, that could be there to help protect them and guide them. Um, and often it's such, a, it's such a taboo subject that parents just stay away from it. And we're advocating against that. Please open up the doors, have the right. conversation, create, you know, create a conversation. One of the things that come up with, with kids is they're saying, I'm struggling with certain things. I'd like a filter. But if I share with my parents that I want to filter on my computer, then they're going to think poorly of me. Um, so how to do that? How could parents create a forum where kids could actually share that? And, and, and similarly, where kids could actually feel comfortable enough to bring that to them. Wow. What challenges today. Yeah. Uh, okay. I thank you all very much. Anything you'd like to add? No? Thank you. I thank Thanks you very so much. much. We have uh, Dr. Akiva Perlman, Dr. Rebecca Michelle, and Dr. Shoshana Friedman, the guidance leaders, JEC, RTMA, and, uh, and Breweria, and a very important department. Thank you all very, very much. We get to explore the world of sports next, I am told, here at JM and the AM as we visit JEC, and we have a... Uh, a wonderful mobile studio here in uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey, in the JEC gym. And the being here in the gym gives us even more of an impetus to discuss the world of sports. I am told that Coach Susan Rifkin, a uh, basketball legend herself, is here uh, with us. Uh, she's the athletics director at Breweria. Coach Rifkin, welcome back to JM and the AM. Good morning. It's good to be here. Nice to see you again. I hope the team's off to a good start. The team is off to a great start. Are they taking practice seriously? They are taking practice seriously. <laughs> you know, when I played, I, I came to Berea, I went to Berea, and I played in the old gym, 
They have great memories of that. And this happens to be an absolutely beautiful gym it certainly with lovely is. padding on the walls <laughs> and a great logo in center court. Yeah, it certainly is nice. I remember the old gym. Yes. I remember coming on a Saturday night to see JEC play uh, against uh, other teams. Um, we have uh, Jonathan Silverstein, who's the RTMA hockey coach. Where's Coach Silverstein? Hey. How's the team doing so far? Are they taking practice seriously? Very seriously, and so far, so good. Coach Silverstein, you know it's the first couple of weeks of the season that set the tone for the entire year. You know that. I tell them that every year. (laughs) (laughs) And Avi Bornstein is with us, who's the RTMA basketball coach, and welcome to you. Good morning. As far as I remember, if I can recollect correctly, you had a pretty good year last year. Am I right about that? We had an excellent year, probably one of the best years in JEC history. Mm -hmm. All three of the teams that we're involved with, not only made the playoffs, but had a home game here in the beautiful uh, rebuilt gym. Right, so that was a very successful year. Uh, and we have students with us. Uh, I believe uh, Ariel Mieldownik. Yeah, hi. Nice to have you here. What grade are you in? I'm in 11th grade. And how do you distinguish yourself in the world of sports? You are the... I'm a volleyball player. Ah, how's the volleyball team doing? It's great. We haven't had a game yet. So, <laughs> so, so far, so we'll good. See. So far, no losses. <laughs> are they taking practice seriously on the volleyball side? Yeah, but we also have fun with it, so it's good. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. And uh, Jonathan, uh, where's Jonathan here? I'm Jonathan, but that's my son Jason behind me. Where's Jonathan? I'm Jonathan. That's jo- oh, Jason's <laughs> here. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, I have to read my notes properly. Jason is a uh, uh, Jason Silverstein is an RTMA senior and a star hockey goalie. Yes, and I also play for the basketball team too. Very nice. How's it going so far? Are you taking practice seriously? Of course. You don't want to. Uh, you don't want to. Um, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, you, you, I, ah, forget it. <laughs> I, I had some type of goalie reference that I thought was good, and it just fell flat completely. All right, uh, coaches, uh, tell me why and how this um, uh, sports experience enhances the educational life of students. How would you put it? Well, we heard the um, psychology team and the personal investment team speak right. earlier. Sports is really a extension of that, and we try to make it that very much. You have the idea of developing a team concept, and at the same time, you try to develop the individual. So as a coach, I ask the players when the season starts, do you want your name on the back of your uniform, or do you want to be like Indiana or the Yankees and not have your name on the back of the uniform? And the kids give their various responses. There's no I in team and that type of thing. And I say, I want your name on the back of the uniform. And they say, why is that, coach? The answer is you play for two separate units. You play for the team and you play for yourself. If you don't love yourself, you can't love your team. If you don't love your team, you can't love yourself. And that's the type of uh, environment we try to foster at RTMA and at all the schools. And there uh, are, are many students through the decades who, ha- who were academically challenged and yet excelled in sports, and it gave them an opportunity to really establish themselves in a very important area. We know what people think of sports. We know the hero worship that goes on in the world of sports, and even in high school sometimes. These star players are the most popular kids in the school. We know how important that could be. Uh, Coach Rifkin, what do you say about this topic, about how this helps develops, uh, develop a young lady uh, to be an all-around person and not just an academic person? The biggest thing I see with the girls is a boost in their self-confidence, which is major. Even if they are uh, doing well academically, it's a whole other side of them. Uh, They get to express themselves. They get to take on leadership uh, uh, positions. 
leave their teams. It, it changes the way they look at themselves. It changes the way they look at others. And it also gives them a chance to express uh, and exhibit grace uh, in a variety of challenges and to uh, exhibit grace uh, even if they're winning. So it gives them a chance to, to understand sportsmanship and to understand to see people uh, differently also, which is a, a big piece of how they're going to operate off the court and once they leave our safe school environment. You must see certain student athletes and say to yourself, oh, she's going to be successful in whatever area of life just from the way she behaves with the team and the way she acts with the entire cohesive group. I see it. It's, it's really interesting because a lot of times we pick captains based on how we see them. Right. And the response we get is, I can't believe you made me a captain. <laughs> you must have seen something in me that I haven't seen in myself. And then that springboards them into successes in other areas because somebody saw something in them and then gave them confidence to do other things. And then they carry that over well after uh, high school. I hear that all the time with the kids that we put into these positions. And Coach Silverstein, not to start a basketball versus hockey war. because There's the no war, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the Yeshiva League, we always discuss, you know, the two different sports. Mm -hmm. and, and we always find it interesting when the eighth grade star athletes get to their ninth grade schools, we find it interesting how they choose whether to go the basketball or hockey route. Not everybody's like your son who does both. Uh, but it, it seems like, I don't know, with hockey teams, there, there's an even, I don't know if we would say a different or, or a unique um, a team environment that goes on on the hockey court. How would you describe it? Well, it's... It's a pressure-packed situation. You know, most games are very tense uh, because of the fact that it's a very physical sport. Um, you know, it tends to create this camaraderie amongst the boys that it's us against them. You know, some games get a little bit heated. Some games hopefully don't get so heated. <laughs> but when that heated situation creates itself, it, it really, you know, it allows the boys to figure out uh, who's got their back, who's there protecting them, who's there in their corner. Uh, and that pressure is something that they take with them later in life, actually. I mean, they learn how to perform in a pressure situation, how to rely on their teammates, which is something that's so important as you move on later in life to learn to work with other people in high-pressure situations. Uh, and you see that a lot more in hockey only because of the fact that there is such a physical confrontation that takes place that it really forces the boys to bond as a unit um, you know, and, and take on all the challenges that come their way and a little bit more of a camaraderie-filled uh, relationship. And it's a lower-scoring game. Every yeah. every point is even more important. Everything's and, uh, a battle. Yeah. And as you say, a lot of pressure. Uh, were you also a star goalie in your day? or I uh, was not. I, I played forward <laughs> I, uh, way back in the early Rabbi Schiller years in MTA. Oh, so, wow. You know. <laughs> Talk about a legend. So how did your son get into, uh, get into the net? How did he get into that position? It's strangely enough, in third grade, he was watching me do a practice, and he said, I'm pretty sure I can stop that puck, Abba. And I said... <laughs> Sweetheart, you're in third grade there in high school. And we went out later and we bought goalie equipment. And literally the next week he stepped into nets. He faced the first shot. I remember he, he flinched a little bit. And I said to him, if you're going to flinch, this isn't the position for you. And he said, I won't flinch anymore, Abba. And since then, he's never flinched. And I always get people saying, he was in fourth grade. You had him playing guys who were in high school. And I'm like, well, he was wearing equipment. You know, that's what we signed the release forms for. So, Can, can, can any of you, the three coaches uh, from uh, JEC, 
our RTMA and brewery. Uh, can any of you speak about the other sports for a moment? You know, we focus so much on basketball and hockey, but it, the other sports, and we have a volleyball uh, participant with us uh, this morning, uh, give us uh, give the school and give the students such an opportunity to do things and be involved in sports, uh, you know, w- because they can't or they don't want to be involved in basketball or hockey. So it really opens up. Uh, such an opportunity for them. Could you speak for a moment about how great it is that so many schools, including yours, have expanded to all these other sport choices? The uh, Yeshiva world has expanded into two separate seasons. There is the fall season, the winter season, and the spring season with distinct sports. Uh, Hockey and basketball tend to dominate on the boys' side, the winter sports, and you have baseball, softball, soccer, and um, different types of athletic activities in all of the schools, including, of course, at RTMA. So those opportunities exist here and in the entire Yeshiva League at this point. And as long as there are more and more choices being added, it's just it's a wonderful thing. It just <coughs> opens up the opportunity for more and more students. It's opportunities. It's amazing. It's not really amazing. It's uh, important that some kids excel in basketball and other kids excel in baseball, and right. they have that opportunity to bring that out on the Yeshiva League level. Right. See, in our day, it wasn't like that. See, YU, the athletic for example, department was not that large in my it's day. It's a different world. YU has a uh, very successful uh, <laughs> baseball team, and they have volleyball teams right. and tennis. And golf and, and cross-country and everything else that they do. So these, the yeshiva teams are feeding into that, and so the high schools are recognizing that. All right, we're wishing good luck in the 577 season. To all of the coaches, uh, Susan Rifkin over at Brewery, Jonathan Silverstein, the RTMA hockey coach, are those games in this room or they're in the old gym? They're, they're in the old gym. They're in the yeah. old gym. And uh, Avi Borenstein, the RTMA basketball coach, are you enjoying the brand new facility? It's beautiful and it's a pleasure to play here. It is pretty incredible. Malcolm, I'd like to take a moment sure. to congratulate the JV and varsity uh, basketball A teams. Last night they played SAR, uh, didn't win, but the phenomenal uh, effort and... Uh, spirit and energy that they brought to that uh, gym last night was incredible. We played at SAR. Um, Varsity had three freshmen on the court at the same time and came back from 18 down to lose by only five. Um, And we're looking for a really great season and a big turnaround season for the JV this year. All right. Good luck with that. And I want to thank Ariel Miodanik, who is from Highland Park, New Jersey, and is with the Brewery of Volleyball team. Thank you for being here today. No problem. And good luck. When's the first volleyball match? Do you know? Next Thursday. All right. Good luck with that. Thank you. And uh, Jonathan Silverstein, who is a star hockey goalie at RTMA. He is a senior. Jonathan, good luck to the entire team. Thank you. Keep stopping those pucks. Will do. <laughs> thank you. And there he is, the star goalie. We come to uh, JEC, and we meet athletic legends. How do you like that? Um, oh, Rabbi Goldwasser is coming up. Is he not, ZK? And I want to thank uh, ZK, who's behind the camera. If you uh, would like to watch our uh, broadcast, you can go to NahumSiegel.com right now and actually watch what is happening here uh, at JEC. It's on the home page, our video. I want to thank uh, Jamie Turkels, taking care of our social media and producing this morning's show. And I want to thank uh, Yoni Pollock who is assisting her in all of that this morning here at JM in the AM. Uh, I do remind you that there was an election this week in the United States of America. Uh, some of you may be familiar with that. It was a presidential election. ZK, I don't know if you know, but uh, there was a new president 
scheduled to take over in January 2017, who was elected this past Tuesday. I don't know if you stayed up late enough to see the election results or not. Uh, you, knowing you, you did. You're, you're still fascinated by the boards that they have with all the maps and the colors, right? I'm sure. And how, how it works. Anyway, tomorrow morning we get an opportunity at 7.40 in the morning to get a reaction to Malcolm Holmline during our weekly update. Make sure to be tuned in on the NSN app, on the radio, and all through our, uh, our other platforms. And you'll be able to listen to uh, Malcolm Holmline give his evaluation of the election and all the different things that people are concerned about uh, during this historic week in the United States and beyond. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in Meseches Erechen, Tonon Devei Rabbi Yishmuel, there was a certain teaching in the Yeshiva Rabbi Yishmuel, Kolamasapr Lashon Hara, whoever says forbidden gossip, Magdal Avonos, he increases his sins, Keneged Shloishaverus, even up to the three cardinal sins, Avodas Kochavim, Giloyaroyos, Ushvichastomim, idolatry, immorality, and bloodshed. The Choshen was the sacred breastplate. It was worn by the Kohen Gadol. It contained twelve distinctive jewels, none the same as the other, and each one represented one of the twelve tribes whose name was inscribed on that particular stone. The stone of Binyamin was the Yashva. The Mephoshim explained that this stone represented Binyamin's admirable character at the time of Mechiras Yosef, when Yosef was sold into slavery. How does this stone demonstrate this? The word Yeshva is an acronym for Yesh Peh. He has a mouth. Although Binyamin was aware that his brothers had sold Yosef, he never said a word to his father Yaakov for all of the 22 years. Rav Steinman asked the question, If Binyamin is praised for not speaking, why isn't the name of his stone Ein Peh, he has not a mouth, instead of Yesh Peh. Rav Steinman notes that this comes to tell us that the essence of our power of speech is the strength to refrain from speaking. One who has the ability to do so, but knows how to guard his tongue. The Vilna Goen once said, One must struggle an entire life not with unnecessary fasting and painful afflictions, but rather by placing a muzzle on his mouth to prevent it from indulging in desires and speaking improperly. This is true tshuva, repentance more valuable than all the fasts in the world. Through this, one's averus, one's sins will be forgiven, and he will be saved from the depths of Gehenna. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day. JM in the AM, our mobile studio here at JEC. We are in the uh, main gymnasium, the brand new incredible facility here at JEC in Elizabeth, New Jersey. We congratulate everybody on that, uh, on having this uh, wonderful brand new facility. It's pretty remarkable, frankly. Uh, And those of you who come for uh, home games... 
uh, here at JEC will obviously see it and enjoy it. And those of you who are coming for um, your team's road games to JEC will also be enjoying it as you fill up the bleachers here in the brand-new facility. Uh, so here, here we are as we celebrate 75 years at JEC and continue this uh, year-long celebration. Uh, this morning we get an, Oh, and by the way, I wanted to apologize to uh, Jason Silverstein. Jason Silverstein is, in fact, uh, the star hockey goalie at RTMA. I had misidentified him earlier, and I apologize for that, but come on out and see him stop those pucks uh, for JEC. The Early Childhood Division... Led by Mora Rifka Isaacs. Where is Mora Rifka Isaacs? I'm here. I'm here. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Baruch Hashem. And Alani Krauss is here, um, who is an early childhood teacher in the early childhood division here at JEC. Good morning to you. Good morning. Let me run through a couple of things, because I know that um, on the 11th of November, which is this coming Friday... The JEC Early Childhood Parents are invited to a coffee break hosted by Mora Rifka Isaacs and Dr. Michelle, who we met earlier. It's a morning of support, guidance, and collaboration, creating a safe space to discuss the joys and challenges of raising a preschooler. This is happening in the Beit Midrash on Friday morning, uh, November the 11th, starting at 9.15. And that is this coming Friday. You're getting ready for that event, I assume? We are. We are. Okay, so people should know about that. Also, uh, we... Um, continue to talk about the open houses and the early childhood open house is going to be happening on November the 16th. That's a Wednesday evening at 7.15. The JEC Lower School and Early Childhood Open House is happening on Wednesday, November the 16th at 3.30 Elmora Avenue in Elizabeth. That begins at 7.15 p.m. So you could check that out. And um, can you speak to this as well? Sure. This is the Bugle Babies, a musical mommy and me class which happens every single Tuesday. This has already begun. Yes, it has. Can people still join absolutely, in? Absolutely, absolutely. It happens every single Tuesday starting at 9.30 for children six months through three years. Wow, you'll have kids years from now who are saying they went to JEC starting at six months <laughs> and ended up graduating their high school. Uh, beginning November the 1st, it already has begun. Uh, 9.30 a.m. every Tuesday in the JEC Lower School Lunchroom here at 3.30 Elmora Avenue. You could use the email address to be in touch. Or the phone number. The first class is free, and you can get information about the rest of the semester. It's called Bugle Babies, a musical mommy and me class. So it looks like you have a lot of innovative things going on here. We do. We really do. Tell me about the start of the year. How has the early childhood department done at the beginning of 5777? Amazing. Amazing. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of enthusiasm. Is it a large uh, early childhood? It's a fair size. We have a lot of parents and children from within the community and within the surrounding communities. Um, we've got a nice amount of children. And what are the keys to running a good early childhood department these ooh, days? Ooh, ooh, you have to love what you're going to do. You, <laughs> have better, to have, huh? you have to love what you're going to do. You have to have passion for what you're going to do. And you have to believe where you are. You have to believe in the school that you're, you know, that you're working with. How often in a typical day do the kids crack you up? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, Must be a lot of funny exchanges, Absolutely, I would absolutely. Um, lots of times during the day, lots of times. As, almost as many times as I can come into the classroom and get a hug. Almost as much. Sometimes you say to yourself, is this kid an adult with the way they respond yeah. to something, right? <laughs> absolutely. You don't know where they pulled that out of. Um, so we're here with Mora Rifka Isaacs, Director of Early Childhood, and Lonnie Krauss, an early childhood teacher. Uh, it, I don't know how this is divided up. Do you have all early childhood ages? Do you... Uh, uh, is it a specific group? Like, how does it work? We have nursery, kindergarten, and primer, three different grades. There are two classes in each grade. 
And um, what do you have the privilege of doing? Nursery. Oh, that's cool. My favorite. <laughs> there you go. Um, we, you know, we they come in and they're so little, and we get to watch them go throughout the grades and really develop and blossom in our early childhood. There are adults out there who remember to uh, you know to show appreciation to their early childhood teachers. <laughs> you know, who I'm sure you hear from people. Absolutely. You know, who 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 uh, who know that you started them out. Mm-hmm. Who know that you taught them all of phase, who know that you know that their first steps were taken in Jewish education because of people like you. So that must be an amazing feeling. It is. It really, really is. When a when a child who's gone to JEC and they're in and they're in the lower elementary school or they're in the high school and they come back and they see their teacher, their Mara, there's a special connection there. And you're right. There's appreciation. There's love. There's a certain connection that you can't you can't duplicate. It's really amazing. Uh, all right, Mara Lani. Now that we're past the uh, the Yamim Tovim, and we're getting into the real heart of the year. What are we doing today? What's happening in the early childhood department today? What are we concentrating on? This week. Is it calculus? Is it geometry? <laughs> what is it? Not yet. This week we're focusing on transportation as yeah. it relates to Parsha Slachlacha. Um, we do so many different fun activities with the children. We had a mock car wash where the kids um, wash cars in shaving cream, and you know it's really hands-on, and they put it in the water. Um, we talked about different ways that we get to school, how we get from place to place. Um, you know, we always have activities and curriculum that's related to our Jewish backgrounds and our history and our parsha um, or our holiday. So it's really all-encompassing. Did the kids ask you why Avram Avinu didn't just get into his car and drive there? Why, uh, they did. They brought, are you serious? They did. I asked them <laughs> how Avraham got to Eretz Canaan, and they said, an airplane? And I said, nope, not yet. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Probably wondering why he wasn't texting along the way as well. <laughs> exactly. Right? Do you find that, by the way, that these three-year-olds know how to use an iPhone and an iPad better than anybody else? Um, we don't have any phones or iPads in the classroom. But well, I, didn't mean, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I just yes. see kids in general. They're swiping. And My they know children how to do definitely it. can. It's crazy, I'll tell you. They're b- better than their parents and grandparents. All right, everybody out there, you're invited to JEC Lower School and Early Childhood Open House. Happens on Wednesday night, November the 16th at 7.15 here at JEC. Mara Rifka, anything you'd like to add for everybody out there? Um, come visit. Come visit us, right. If they see it firsthand, then they'll understand Absolutely. how great it is. Uh, so that's the open house. Uh, we mentioned the JEC uh, a coffee break hosted by Mora Rifka Isaacs and Dr. Michelle coming up this Friday morning, November the 11th at 9.15. Uh, you can enjoy a cup of coffee and get advice about raising a preschooler from peers and professionals. That's happening here in this building. And the Bugle Babies we mentioned is every single Tuesday. People can get information here at JEC as well. Thank you both very much. Thank you. And good luck today. Make it a great day in the early childhood department. Every day is always a great day in the early childhood department. More coming up here at JM in the AM as we continue. We will meet some of the uh, principals of the different schools and uh, go until 9 o'clock this morning here at JM in the AM. Don't forget that we have an amazing lineup all through the day. Uh, starting at 9 a.m. with Charlie Harari. 9.30 with Michael Fragan and his review of the election on spin class. Uh, Jew in the City with Allison Josephs comes up at 10 o'clock. Miriam L. Wallach and the uh, That's Life program, which is concentrating on the Shabbos project today. And what was Miriam's other th- segment? What was the other segment, Yoni? It was Shabbos project and what was the other segment that Miriam has today? And the, ch- the challah baking and the... Oh, right, it was two segments of the uh, different aspects of the Shabbos project. And then, of course, live lunches will be done by Avrami later on, starting at 11 a.m. So a full lineup for you all through the day. Make sure to keep it 
here at jmnan.org, the Nachum Siegel Network, and NachumSiegel.com. Here is Avram Fried at uh, JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. That's out from Freed. By the way, coming up, the next time we break for music, it's going to be an RTMA alum who we're going to be featuring. How do you like that? Abigail Krauss gets a special shout-out this morning. Abigail is in second grade, I am told. And Abigail has, the, uh, has learned the JM and the AM station identification by heart. And uh, I saw the video of it just a moment ago. And we're going to be posting that. Go to the Nahum Siegel Network Facebook update page. Again, it's Nahum Siegel Network on Facebook. Make sure to like the page, and you will see a second grader who knows our very long and voluminous station ID by heart. Of course our station ID is going to change. It's going to be much shorter. Be much, it's, it's going to be like years ago. 33 years ago, we started very, very short and just kept adding to it. We're going to do the same thing now. We're going to start on our digital platform very short, and I'm sure we're going to be adding to it as the years go on. Uh, the lower school division here at JEC is led by Rabbi uh, Uzi Beer, who I'm told, by the way, is a veteran of the Israel Defense Forces. That is correct. So an honor to meet you for more than one reason this morning. Thank you. Dr. Goldie Grossman is the assistant principal of the lower school division. Welcome to you as well. Thank you for having us. A pleasure. Thank you for being here. Rabbi Beer, how are things going so far at the start of 5777? This has been an unbelievable experience this year. <laughs> when It's really challenging sometimes to create what your expectations are going to be when you're coming to a new school. And I think it's clear to say and very easy and comfortable for me to share that after interacting with the students, being, being overwhelmed by the energy in the classroom, and the excitement and the investment that the teachers are making, that this year, it, it, it's surpassed all of my expectations. When, when the process was going on, yes, and uh, you know, the, the courtship with you and JEC was taking place, were you getting the impression even then that this was a really good match? Um, it was definitely, it, it was feeling right. One of the, I, I've had the, the pleasure of living in Springfield for the last ten and a half oh, years. Oh, so you're very familiar with it. So my, my daughter actually is a student in the school. So I was already familiar with, with many of the persona and the people around um, and getting the encouragement from the, from the communities that it definitely felt right. It felt like the glove was fitting appropriately. And that's not always easy, a community insider coming in and taking a position like this, but it seems like from your enthusiasm that this is working out pretty well so far. It's, it really has been, and it's definitely a challenge, and it was a concern of mine for both myself and my family while living in the community. Right. But the, the community has been so respectful. And we just create healthy boundaries. And when any of the communities, it's, it really is. When you show the sensitivity and, the, and you're professional, then people respond accordingly. All right, there are a couple of things that were revealed to me that I'd love to explore. And obviously, Dr. Grossman, you're, uh, you're welcome to, to join in and, uh, and speak about these as well. There's a, well, what would we call it, a new slogan, a new uh, way of life? What would we call it, this proud to be JEC? It is, it is our slogan. <laughs> it is our motto. It is... It is our hashtag that we live with. Um, and when I think back to the hashtag, when, when you're talking about part of the onboarding, when I was first meeting the faculty here, we met in the library all together, and just that feeling, overwhelmed, that how, the, their excitement, that it, it, it made me feel, okay, what am I going to do before the school year starts? And I started hearing of the summer sandbox that was going to be taking place. Um, it was going to be in the Yeshiva at Noam campus. And... I opened it up to the faculty. Who is willing to give up three days of their summer, of their vacation, to come out and just invest in themselves, expand their horizons and project-based learning, new, innovative, cutting-edges ways of connecting with the students? And 13 faculty members jumped on board saying, we're doing it. We're coming. 
we're here. We want to be part of the team. Since then, it's, I'm sitting there at the conference, looking around the room, seeing all my teachers. And one of the crazy parts for me is that I have teachers from other schools coming up to me and saying, I want to be part of the GEC team. How can I, how can I, can I sit with them at their table? Looks like a good Ephemera, huh? <laughs> it, it, the, the cohesiveness was fantastic. There was just energy and life through everything they were doing that I sat there and literally on a piece of paper, just scratching it out. I'm like, proud to be GEC. I'm like, that's it. That's it. Earlier in the summer, I was part of a Harvard Principals Conference. And while there, they kept telling over and over again, tell your story. It's all about letting everyone know your story. Because if you don't tell them, they won't know. And right. they won't be able to, to really appreciate all that you're doing. And from that point on, my mission has been, how can I share the story of the JEC, of the JEC Lower School? And it truly is summarizing the idea of being proud. We are proud to be JEC. There's a lot of pride, therefore you're proud to be JEC. Exactly. Uh, we mentioned the, uh, and we spoke about this a little bit earlier, uh, about the whole um, uh, uh, bullying topic and... Uh, the position that you are in to confront this whole situation, uh, I, I would hope that in our yeshiva system in general, and here in particular, that this type of topic is under control and that you're able to, to deal with it in an efficient manner. So, thank God. Thank God, Baruch Hashem. We really are, are moving forward in, in all realms of social, emotional, academic, health, and, and just um, we're, the, we're prospering. It's when you have a team of administrators working so cohesively well together with Dr. Grossman, with Mrs. Figgy Leiter, with Dr. Rebecca Michelle, who was on the program right. earlier, and with Ms. Arleigh Mursky, everyone working together is able to really address all the children's needs. Often, I remember, think back to, to a lecture I was once attending, which Rick Lavoie, a, a, a very much a, an astounded educator, said, hurt people hurt people that if you see somebody acting out in a classroom, it's because they themselves are hurting. So we need to find where is that in the child? Where is that call for help that we can address, that we can help support? And through that, they, the students feel they're believed in. And when the students are believed in, they're going to thrive. Very important message. The Hebrew Immersion Initiative. Is this a new initiative? So it's, I would say throughout, it, in a way it is a new initiative. It's been happening in different parts of the, school, of the lower school um, for, a couple, for a number of years now, but we're really taking, a, for lack of a better way of putting it, the bulls by the horn, and we're saying, let's make it throughout. From nursery through sixth grade, there's going to be experiential moments where there's going to be Ivrit be Ivrit, right. where the teachers are going to be speaking ex almost exclusively in Ivrit, and the expectation is, if you want to connect with the language, you have to be immersed in it. You have to be surrounded. Little pieces of grammar here and there won't quite... And you cover so support. much ground when you do it with kids of that age. Sure, and you can connect now with your family around the world. Right. And you connect with your religion, with Torah, with Halakha, with, with so many areas which otherwise would be barriers. Uh, Rabbi Uzi Beers, principal of the lower school division. Dr. Goldie Grossman is the assistant principal. And this is your area, technology in the classroom, uh, Dr. Grossman. You can you could speak about this one all day long, huh? I could speak about <laughs> it. Yeah, as much as technology is part of our lives as adults... We look at the children and we say, okay, how are we going to move them from here to there? Right. Um, you know, I was thinking about what you were talking about with bullying, right? We want our kids to be empathetic, kind, confident adults. That starts in childhood. We want our kids to use technology as adults. 
okay, when's the last time you sat down and wrote a book report? <laughs> but you may have written a review on Amazon right. of a book that you read. Correct. We have fifth graders blogging about what they're reading in the classroom. Uh, you know, we have students using technology in ways that are true to real life. People in the business world aren't handing out a 30-page report on a regular basis, but they might be doing a presentation. You know, I'm thinking back to that summer sandbox. We had a teacher, a Mrs. Benchai, a Mrs. B, fifth grade boys teacher, and she said, we're going to be doing elections. Okay, let's give our kids a project-based learning experience. Right. Let's ask them, how do we help people make an informed decision? And our students researched the candidates and presented the information so that all of our students could be informed citizens. And they presented it using technology. Um, our technology initiative is an amazing program, and we're so appreciative to the parent committee who really collaborated with us um, and contributed to our vision of what we can do with technology. That is pretty amazing. I would, so just, I would just throw something very quickly in there, which is the students at one point earlier this year got to vote for while trying to teach elections, we wanted to teach them of the democratic system and then got to vote who is going to be the president, which teacher the president for their lunchroom. Whether it was going to be technology with games, whether it was going to be technology, I mean, uh, lunch with games or lunch with technology. And overridingly, the lunch with technology won and we were able to create an entire almost like cafe of technology in the lunch for, in the in the gym where students all were surrounded throughout the gym each had a different device playing different educational coding games games that will allow them uh, that are fun but at the same time helps them expand their their connection with the outside world boy school is amazing these days i must say and in the area of professional development are you satisfied with the way things are going oh thank god thank god things are amazing we just a couple days ago, we had our in-service day, and just thinking of the the depth and the and just the reflection that the teachers teachers had throughout the day, um, such dedication, such open arms, saying let's expand our horizons, let's connect with the students on a deeper level. How can we be here to to, to validate them when they're coming to us with their, with their concerns? How can we be here to, to make sure our classrooms are running as smooth as possible? And not smooth because we're, we're here running a rigid system, but smooth because the students want to learn. They're feeling engaged. They're feeling the connection. Um, and it really brings the learning to life. Um, now I see why uh, there's been a lot of enthusiasm about you being here, frankly. <laughs> You're off to a really great start, I must say. Uh, Rabbi Uzi Beer, he's principal here at the Lower School Division, Dr. Goldie Grossman. Uh, a lot of enthusiasm about her as well, and for good reason. She's the assistant principal. A pleasure having you both on the air. Good luck this year. I'm sure you're going to make it an amazing year for the students. Thank you, thank you. So if, if you wouldn't mind, I would like to, sure. first of all, give a shout-out to, uh, to my daughter, who I know is listening right now. <laughs> so, Liana, hope you have a great day today. There you go. And uh, just as part of a greater message of the Midot that we're teaching in the school right now, which is focusing on Hakarat Hatov, really want to thank you for, for coming to our home at the JEC and to help share some of the excitement and energy with your vast audience around the world. So thank I, you. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Great having you both on. More coming up from JEC. We uh, promised you a song from an RTMA alum. David Lowy, as we discovered earlier today, is an RTMA alum. And uh, he's has, uh, he has a whole bunch of, in, of amazing uh, selections, including this one. David Lowy at JM in the AM.
mentioned that uh, David Lowy is an RTMA alum. And uh, that's him with Kihem Chayeno. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live. From our mobile studio at JEC, around the world on the web, it's jmnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. Uh, here we are at JEC on this Thursday morning broadcast, and uh, we get an opportunity now for one of our favorite segments. It's one of our favorite segments because it includes some of our favorite people. The Brewery Division uh, here at JEC uh, features um, a principal, Rabbi Joseph Oratz, Rabbi Oratz, Welcome back to JM in the AM. Always a pleasure. You saw to the rea- you saw my reaction oh, when you walked great. in the door. I love, love coming in to see I you. I always love reuniting with you. Thank you. Uh, Mrs. Aliza Blumenthal is here, Director of Student Life. Mrs. Blumenthal, how are you? How are you? Nice to have you here. Our Good listeners morning. are always demanding that you be on the air more and more often. Totally. So I'm glad we're able to fulfill their wishes this morning. Thank you. Nice to have you here. Uh, we have with us. Um, Shlomas Pikes, who is the, uh, help me with the proper title, the Associate Principal of Berea, correct? That's correct. And as we've pointed out in the past, uh, your educational uh, legacy is pretty amazing. Daughter of Mrs. Newman, who I always cite as one of the greatest advocates of JM and the AM early on. She, she saw the value of this show before anybody else did. She was a fan of yours from the beginning. She was incredible, and uh, we're always quoting her. The GEO president is here. Uh, that is um, Shlomit Waxberg. Shlomit, Hi. how are you? Good. Thanks so much for having me. Nice to have you here. And who am I missing? Who am I forgetting? Junior High. Uh, junior high and Junior High Coordinator Zahava Greenwald is here. Zahava, Hi. welcome to the show. We have Thank an entire you. panel of people representing Breweria High School. Rabbi Oratz, is Breweria off to a good start for 5777? I've got to tell you, Nachman, this is the most... This is absolutely the most unbelievable year. The energy that has been generated in this institution <laughs> is electric. It is so great to have everybody really moving in the same direction. And Baruch Hashem, Berea High School, along with all the other, the, the other divisions, we're having a fantastic year. It's been awesome. We talk about the uh, reputation that JEC has in general, and we know it's an amazing one. Uh, you have a uniqueness, I think, with Berea that it's just... It continues to spread far and wide, your reputation. You know, we had our professional development day um, on, on election day, and I was just watching my faculty do their thing, um, just be with each other, uh, share ideas with each other. That's without the kids being there. And then as soon as the kids walk into the building, the place becomes an unbelievable an unbelievable place for learning and for growing. It's really awesome. Love it. I don't know which of our panel are going to address each and every one of these issues, but we could start. Uh, there was actually a live election debate, and we know how... We know how uh, fun those debates could be, especially in this election season that we all just enjoyed. What was that like? So we actually modeled it after a town hall meeting. Uh, uh, we wanted to get as many questions in as possible. Um, we had uh, Assemblyman Gary Scher representing oh, the Democrats. Good choice. We had a Trump advisor, uh, Commissioner Steve Rogers, representing the Republicans. Nice. And we had a whole list of questions. I brought you some for later. You can read it through and enjoy. Um, yeah, I didn't get enough of this election, let me tell you. But these are student-generated, and they're uh, awesome. Okay. Um, and we ran it town hall style so we can get as many questions in as possible. And to make it clear, just so um, uh, it, it, people understand the difference of what you did compared to what I did, you concentrated on the issues as opposed to the 
personalities. Well, I, I got into trouble by concentrating on the personalities. You know, our, our students are, for the most part, too young to vote. Maybe we have a uh, handful of students who are point. old enough. So how, how could they get involved? This was an incredible classroom discussion at the, at the outset. They generated questions, um, and they asked, we asked these questions of the two representatives. We also had... Um, our ASAC uh, committee heads present the platform's position on Israel, which is, uh, you know, obviously a subject that our students right. are very interested in. And most important, because it made a difference in this election, we had a PowerPoint presentation prepared by our political science, AP political science class, on the electoral college process, because... Most people don't understand it and can't explain it, but right. it did make a difference in this election. Vote was much um, different. The room was rocking. Red, white, and blue bunting, flags, kids <laughs> cheering. Uh, they came in wearing hats and T-shirts, and the energy was incredible. And they sat. They sat for over an hour listening to every single answer, um, and the conversation continued well after the program. All right. Uh, you mentioned cheering. I don't know. For some reason, it seems there's always cheering going on. Girls? In yeah. Berea. That's the way it seems to me. Uh, <laughs> next on our list is the uh, Tehillimathon. This is in fact um, uh, this is in fact what made the uh, front page of the JEC Jewish Educational Center inaugural issue of the uh, newspaper that I have in front of me. Uh, this was done in memory of Joseph Wolf. I mean, somebody who is such an important figure uh, in the history of this institution right. and the community. Right. Every single year, what we do is we have before before Yom Kippur, we we get the kids together and we actually end up saying the Sefer of Tehillim over six times in a, in this span of about forty-five minutes. The entire Sefer, um, and this year. Uh, in, in memory of Joe Wolf, uh, we decided to dedic dedicate uh, the, the monies that were that were uh, that were raised uh, towards uh, Tzedaka in his memory. Uh, and actually, Mark Wolf came, and Mrs. Wolf came, and uh, and joined us. Uh, and Mark actually spoke for a couple of minutes. Uh, Joe Wolf really made a tremendous difference to Jewish education, to Jewish uh, values throughout the world, and certainly to the JEC. So we felt that it's certainly appropriate for us to, to honor him. And we sit here in the Sydney Wolf Gymnasium, and we give a special shout-out to the Wolf family, who are so dedicated to so many community causes. And it's not easy. Anybody knows the history of Jewish philanthropy. It's not always easy to convince people how important Jewish education is. But, boy, did this family get it. Yeah, they got it. Uh, pretty amazing. Um, are the, the parents of Halil Ariel were here? They were visiting... JEC, they were visiting Breweria? They came to Breweria. For those who don't us. remember, of course, she was murdered by terrorists, and her whole story made such a worldwide impression on the Jewish world. Right, and her uh, parents, who are just the most amazing people, um, came to the area, came to really North America, and uh, told us when they walked into our building that we were the only school that they were coming to on their tour, on their speaking tour. Wow. And um, it was an amazing moment. Um, she, Mrs. Ariel said to me when she walked in the door, we were walking through the hallways, and she said, this is the type of school my daughter had been in. This is the type of school that my daughter would be in right now. Um, she brought her two other daughters with her, and they were playing in the gym, and they had an unbelievable day um, while the Ariels came and they spoke to us. I think what the girls really took from that day was First of all, the first words out of Mrs. Ariel's mouth when she stood up uh, was she told us, do not be afraid to go to Israel. She says, I can tell you that because a very scary thing happened to me and my family. And I want to tell you, please do not be afraid of going to Israel. And then she told us, she, she told us about how the day happened, but she more talked about what happened afterwards. And 
the chizuk that she gets from people. She talked about the week of Shiva, and she talked about all the people who visited, and she she was really inspirational. The girls were just staring at her. We felt a unique presence in the room when she was there, and I told her afterwards when I you know stood up and I thanked her in front of the students. In front of the students, I told her that she gave of herself to us just now, and because of that. There are 360 girls that are going to try to emulate the midos that her daughter had in this world. And that although her daughter's presence in this world physically is not here, who she is is going to continue in these 360 girls who never met her. And it was an unbelievable morning. Talk about making an impression. And uh, those types of events, as, as um, difficult as it might uh, seem uh, to certain people, are life-changing events. You know this when you were a student. You know this as a... As a, as a teacher on this end now, that it's just, uh, these are life-changing experiences that kids have. Yes, and I, I will tell you that as the students go through their time at Berea, we try and give them these moments so that it could take them um, into their into the next part of their life. At this past Shabbos, I have three graduates at my house for Shabbos. Three, it happens to be that they're from three different grades. So they were each talking about the things that they got hmm. uh, from the school and things that they remember. Some of them are things like this that, of course, Right. You know, last year we had seven Chayalim that came and spoke to us about the war, and it was amazing. So it's things that, of course, we know on paper the goal is to do that. And then there are things that we don't even realize that we're doing every single day that leave an impression on us. No, no question about it. We're with our entire panel from uh, Breweria here at JEC. Uh, Make Your Mark. Who is addressing the issue of making your mark? That would be the GEO president. The GEO president is Shlomit Waxberg. Welcome again to the show. Thank you. What is Make Your Mark all about? Okay, so this year's GEO theme is Make Your Mark, and we're all about doing something to leave an impression, to do something with ourselves that, to say we were here and we did something important. Um, so this year the GEO, we included four committees onto the GEO. We have ASAC, which is the Israel Committee, Chesed, Tzedakah, and Word Watch, which is Shmir Salashon. So now these four committees, which is what Berea stands for, are now on the GEO. So we're all together, and we're all about making our mark through the chesed, through the ASAC, through all that we're doing. Um, it's great. I can only imagine. I hear, I hear your enthusiasm. They came up with a great idea just to put, put those two things together. Um, you know, we daven when we, on Rosh Chodesh, when we daven together, um, the girls sing Hallel together. And this year they, they chose to dedicate um, every Hallel on Rosh Chodesh to Hallel Ariel. Um, and to really sing with enthusiasm and, and remember her so that their tefillos are, are actually as close for her. So it was really qu- quite, quite amazing of making your mark. Uh, Zahava Greenwald is here, junior high coordinator. Oh, you have the opportunity to, uh, to uh, deal with students at a very interesting age every single day, am I right? Yes, yes. I actually, you know, a, a, a metaphor which is commonly used to describe the middle school years as a bridge. Right. And if you think about it, it's actually a great comparison. Our goal in these two years of junior high is to really help each student through this transitional stage. And um, we build upon the foundation they received in their elementary school years and, and take them to the next step preparing them for high school. So whether it be curricular or programming, we always have this goal in mind, really helping our students grow and develop so that they can be well prepared for the next stage in their lives. Why does your department have such a reputation for innovation? (laughs) Yes, that's certainly true. I really believe that we can model innovation to our students as teachers by learning and growing professionally, embracing new methods in the classroom, whether it be integrating technology or creating student-centered classrooms. I myself in Chumash 
have started using flipped instruction with marvelous results. And I think this sets a standard for our students. You know, we're, we're showing them by example what it means to innovate, and we encourage them as well to think creatively, to um, bring new ideas to the table, to collaborate. And in fact, over the past few years, we've started committees, after-school clubs, um, chesed programs, really just because a student or a parent or a teacher had a great idea. Um, Sounds like an early-on high school experience, essentially. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something, you know, we, we benefit from being together yeah. with the high school in that way. Um, so I think, again, there's much to be, you know, there's a lot to be gained from embracing innovation, both in ourselves and in our students. Very nice. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, I guess I'd just like to end off by saying that this two-year transitional journey of junior high is incredible. And um, when I think of my students as they enter seventh grade, and then the um, amount of change that takes place in those two years as they enter high school, it's, it's incredible. Um, there's growth on so many levels, cognitively, socially, spiritually. So to me, it's a privilege to be part of this journey together with my students. Well, excellent. Sounds amazing as Berea, and in this case, the junior high, always seems to. Uh, Rabbi Joe Oratz, uh, Mrs. Aliza Blumenthal, Mrs. Shlomas Pikus, the GEO President Shlomit Waxberg, and Junior High Coordinator Zahava Greenwald, thank you all very, very much. Thank you. Our best regards to Bruria. Thank you, Nahum, for as, having us. As, a thank pleasure you. to have you. Uh, best regards to Bruria as you head on over there Will for yet too. another amazing school day. Thank you. And now our friends at RTMA, led by another one of our favorite people, is coming up. This is the problem with having Rabbi Newman here. I could sit and just schmooze with him all through the morning, but I have to get I have to get down to brass tacks and start talking about the school. Rabbi Ami Newman, who is the principal at RTMA. For how long now? How long have you been the principal uh, of RTMA? This is my <laughs> first full year of being the principal of RTMA. And um, when you were chosen as principal, I thought it was an amazing choice. I appreciate that. Based on what? <laughs> 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 Based on what I. By the way, yeah, I don't know if you were once principal because I generally follow where you go. So first, Missora and Good then. Good point. So. I never even thought of it that mm -hmm. way. No, I was never a school principal, but I've always admired JEC and uh, and RTMA. So maybe that's the reason why it worked out. Thank God. Um, anyway, great choice. Great to have you here, and we have other guests as well. Rabbi Ami Newman, who's the principal, is being joined by um, uh, Rabbi Rich. Uh, who is Rabbi Rich's first name is? Yisrael. Rabbi Yisrael Rich, of course. How are you, Rabbi Rich? Excellent. How nice are you? to see you. How's Good your family you. doing? They're wonderful. Everyone my mother does. still speaks of it. <laughs> does she? One of her best students. She always I, don't, I don't think she one ever of my best students. I don't think I she ever would had. ever regard me as one of her best students. That's how I remember it growing she, up. I'm not. Maybe know. she had other adjectives. I don't know <laughs> who was best, but we certainly had some interesting encounters. And it's funny, by the way. Uh, I'm sorry for the tangential uh, mention here. It's funny, but my 11-year-old and I had a conversation on Yuntif about uh, something to do with elementary school education. And I said to him how I argued this point in sixth grade with the then Miss Hecht, <laughs> who was your mother, of course. I think I once heard about that conversation. You heard about that conversation. So we were just discussing it. Can you imagine? Unbelievable. And we have Brian Ness with us. Welcome back. Good to see you. I mentioned to a few people that you're an amazing representative of JEC. It's great to have you back here. Good morning, Nachum. It's great to be here. A pleasure. And uh, your son Ephraim, and you're a board member, of course, in addition to a million other things you do for the institution, I'm sure. And your son Ephraim, is this Ephraim? 
Yeah. What grade are you in, Ephraim? Uh, ninth. Ninth grade. You're already in high school. Yeah. How's it going so far? It's going great. Is Rabbi Newman treating you well? Yes. Very Any well. problems whatsoever, you let me know. Please. Right. I, I don't think... know if this is the right place for him to. <laughs> this would be the forum? <laughs> <laughs> you mean the... All right. I, I, don't know. I, I understand In front that. of millions of fans. Right? All right, Rabbi Newman, tell us about the start of the school year. How have things kicked off over at, uh, at RTMA? I, you know, I want to. Like, I've been listening on the car in, and I'm. It's such a unique experience to have from K through nursery before then. It bun, is. You know, the, even the babies are coming months, in the six right. months and coming until they're 17, 18 years old and so hearing true. the experience. The energy that is going on in the JEC these days is, is unbelievable. I mean, I, this is my 13th year here. I've never experienced such excitement, enthusiasm, and spirit, and ruach, and unity, and, and growth. Really, real growth. Um, one of the things that we are constantly giving over to ourselves, to the administrators, to the faculty, and to the students, and to the parents, is that we're all about growth. Is that there's never a single day that it can be any worse. You know, it, tomorrow no is always day. better. Tomorrow is always better and always better. And you're seeing that from the, you know, the lowest, from the six-month-olds. You see the growth in the six-month-olds. It's amazing. But, <laughs> but through high school and, 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 and through the end of senior year, we're pushing and pushing and pushing and going forward. It's, it's amazing to be a part of. Uh, it really is incredible. I, I hope you're seeing it in numbers as well, because I heard the open house numbers, uh, at, at least what happened last night, was it's great. was remarkable. It's, it's great numbers. It's great energy. And it sounded like the parents yeah. had a, a, a valuable experience yeah. in opening up and discussing everything about yeah. the future of the school, which yeah. I'm sure you welcomed. You know, we had our own parent ambassadors here, and we had student ambassadors. We had, we had over 50 student ambassadors here who basically ran the show. I mean, with Rabbi Rich's help in, in, in organizing who's doing what, everybody had their stations. We had, in this room last night, we had all the parents who came to visit sitting on the bleachers, and we had a, a, a panel of parents and a panel of students who just, you know, fielded questions. Right. Anything that That's the parents threw at them. And the students, they were like, it, it, it was, it, I sat down. Literally, at some point, I just sat down and stopped moderating because the boys took over and they did it themselves. And, and, and to see the independence and the growth um, and, and the willingness to be vulnerable for these boys, was, it was incredible. It just made me proud. Uh, Rabbi Yisrael Rich is Director of Student Activities. Can one argue that student activities now... As a position is as important as some of the principalships, and I'm not trying to. Um, I'm not trying. Well, to, I'm not I'm a board, I, I'm as not a board member here. My I'm, boss is I'm not trying to, to God forbid, uh, tread on the importance of your job. But you have to admit that when it comes to student activities, it's such an important part of schooling. Now, yes, I, I wouldn't call it student activities. Rabbi Rich is not the director of student activities. He's the director of student life, ah. um, because that's what it is. It's not about the programs. It's about the big picture that he built. How's it going so far, Rabbi Rich? It really is unbelievable that the school year is off to a great start. I, one of the, uh, the great initiatives that we're in the middle of now, the boys hear the song on your radio show, Mordechai Shapiro, Chapa Mitzvah. Right. So that song has become very popular in the school. It's played in the hallways. It's played on the loudspeaker. And we have a special initiative right now where the boys identified five mitzvahs that as a school they want to be focusing on. And like Rabbi Newman hmm. said before... It's a really special thing when the Rebbeim don't have to do the reminding. When the boys remind each other, don't forget about that mitzvah. We have this mitzvah. Oh, you just did this. That's an opportunity to chapa mitzvah. And it's become like a big slogan. You hear everybody in the hallway screaming, chapa mitzvah, chapa mitzvah. But it's beautiful to see that the students are doing the work. And like Rabbi Newman said last night about the open house, I had these boys coming to me. I'm finished my job. Give me something else. Can I go talk to parents? Can I talk to students? They all want to show, show off and showcase 
the excitement that we have going on in our hallways. Very nice. All right, I have a bunch of stuff here that I've been told about, not all of which I can, uh, you know, you're going to have to help me out. One is called Above the Code. What does that mean? So we, based on conversations that we had with students, we met with every student in focus groups last year towards the end of the year about what they liked about the school, what they didn't like so much, and what they'd like to see more of. One of the things um, that we were finding is that there wasn't necessarily something to get behind and sink their teeth into. And we developed a mission of our school from conversations with the students, the faculty, um, the, the parent body. Um, and that mission now guides everything that we do. Above the code for us is a, is a piece of that mission. The mission, I'll just say, is together we live above the code. Guided by the Torah, we passionately pursue excellence through engagement, reflection, and growth. That's the mission, wow. which our, our, our faculty know, uh, our students know. Uh, the code we, we define as just getting by as being Yotze, I passed the test, I passed mm. this, I went to practice, I did this. Above the code is, is RTMA no longer lives in that space. What we would refer to as Lufnimishr. By the way, when we, when we came out with the, um, with the above the code slogan last year in Gemara, like within a week, we were up to the halacha of Lufnimishr. It was the most amazing thing <laughs> in the world. Um, so we, we paskin, when you're not losing too much money, that you have to go above the code. Right. So we live above that place. Um, and, and we're constantly looking for the next chance of growth. Um, so above the code is, has become our, our hashtag, our way of going, and that's what we live by in everything that we do. Very nice. Houses program. What's that all about? I, I can tell you, I want to let Ephraim speak about oh. the house program, but I just want to introduce it. Yeah. What, we, what we started with the house program was that we wanted to find a way for all the students to unite around various causes. And we split up the house program. Each group, it's eight groups, eight houses, with house deans, they were elect. They they had to apply for the position. They were interviewed. They had their. They were reviewed by their peers, reviewed by by teachers, reviewed by administration. And then we actually had the dividing of the houses, and it was in in a different room where there was so much energy and so much excitement of this is my house. This is going to be the group that I'm going to be affiliated with for my tenure while I'm in JC. Um, but to speak more about what the house program does for the students, if it's okay. Yeah, please. It's your Ephraim, show. Ephraim, take it away. All right, so it's like a big family. It doesn't matter what grade, class, or town you're from. You all work together to achieve common goals for your house. Um, con our previous contest is that we had to try to build as many sukkahs as we can help to help people. And I found out yesterday that my house won, and our prize is that we got to go build a house for Habitat for Humanity. Nice. Very nice. Over 350 sukkahs were built in total. So it's, uh, it was very, and to see the boys like, hey, I know someone who needs a sukkah built. Who wants to come and help me? It was, it was very rewarding to watch. All right. That's unique. Never heard of a houses program before this. It, it's an amazing experience. And, and, and the boys really can come together 9 through 12, and they learn together, and they build together. And they are together. In other words, each house, doesn't matter what grade you're in, neighborhood, etc. Yeah, we let God do the choosing. We had, you know, the sorting Literally. Hats. Yeah. I mean, he didn't. I mean, he <laughs> did. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're, you know we're good. <laughs> Not that good. <laughs> Not that good. But it was a I mean, red. We <laughs> called. A, he a was random busy. choice. Yeah. A random choice a random of getting yeah. these kids together. You know, it's while Ephraim's here, uh, you yeah. know, I have to mention um, our, our STEM program is is quite literally exploding. Um, we have representatives from SAGE coming today. SAGE is the Center of Initiatives for Jewish Education, um, who fund all the school STEM programs right. around the We've country, around the world. We've discussed this before on the air, right? I remember right. this, right? So we were chosen this year as one of four schools in the country to participate in their uh, first annual robotics challenge that they're, that they're piloting this year. Uh, it's us, Frisch, Hafter, and Hank. Nice. Um, 
Ephraim, we had our open house last night, and STEM was a big feature of our school. Uh, every parent, every student got a chance to visit the lab, and we had students presenting what they were doing. Um, and, and Ephraim Ness was holding sheer last night. He was sitting at a table and speaking to these grown-ups who looked like giants, you know, and, and, and he's, he's explaining everything that's going on and everything that he's doing. He's got his glass board that his code is behind him. Um, you know. How'd that go, huh? It went very well. Went very I can well. imagine. <laughs> were they mesmerized, the parents? They were. They did, like, didn't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> well, I can guarantee you that. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, Brian, that must make you feel great because we've discussed in the past how important that uh, area of schooling is to you. It is. I mean, the STEM program is obviously very important for the future, teaching the kids you know, new areas of focus, new pieces of curriculum that are developing as we speak. Uh, but it brings together, whether it be the STEM, the house program, above the code, it really gives a, a sense of ownership and independence to the boys, it gives them a sense of place, right? You're, you're in, in this big school, this big organization, and it, it brings it down to these smaller buckets where you get to operate in groups of much smaller um, students right. so that you can Small be a re you could be learning as a ninth grader how to be a leader how to be presenting to adults mm -hmm. things that you're learning things that are important to them as they're choosing a high school for their children um, it really gives them a, a sense of opportunity it gives them a sense of purpose and really it's it's been a fantastic experience the excitement in the halls it's it's palpable well it sounds great and you certainly brought a good representative this morning pretty well spoken kid i must say <laughs> uh, all right, and the uh, the growth here is yeah. just uh, it just continues. Yeah, I mean, between we, the open house and everything yeah. else, you want to see the word continue to spread, and it seems it is. It is. I, I think the the word is getting out. You know, we used to say it's not your father's JEC. Right. Um, this isn't yesterday's JEC. Today at RTMA, it's it's a different school than it was yesterday because every day we are looking to get better and to improve and to grow, and and the the students are by, are are bought in. The faculty is bought in. Uh, there's, there's been a re-energizing of the entire building, um, and, and, and it's growing, and it's contagious, and, and we're above the code. And you're, getting a lot, you're getting a lot of credit for that, so look, just letting look you know. Look at all the people here. I mean, uh, others as well, it's, it's, but I'm just letting a, you know. You're on the God, list of people uh, who are getting some Maybe on the credit. list, but we have a great, a great team of administrators and teachers and students. And it seems you have incredible people that you surround yourself with. Rabbi Ami Newman is principal. We have uh, Rabbi Yisrael Rich, who is the director of uh, student life. Uh, Brian Ness, who has joined us before. He's a board member and a very proud one. Somebody who has a great history with this institution. Of course, Ephraim, who's representing the ninth grade and representing RTMA this morning. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Have a great day today. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you all very, very much. Uh, always love visiting with RTMA and uh, its amazing people, and we love visiting JEC. As we celebrate 75 years... Uh, of JEC here at JM in the AM. More coming up. Reminder, our weekly update tomorrow. There was an election this week. A lot of people are curious to hear what Malcolm Holmline has to say about it. It's tomorrow morning, 7.40 Eastern Time here at JM in the AM, so make sure to be tuned in for that. Our video is up right now. You can watch what's happening here at NahumSiegel.com, and obviously the video will be archived and be available to everybody forever, so you'll be able to access that through our website. Social media is up, including... Uh, uh, Avi Gail Kraus, the second grader who knows our station identification by heart. It's up there now on Facebook. If you go to the Facebook page, it's called Nachum Siegel Network. More from David Lowy, an RTMA graduate here at JM in the AM.
in the AM with David Lowy, who's an RTMA graduate. How do you like that? Um, a little over 10 years ago, I'm told, he was a graduate here at RTMA. In our mobile studio here at the JEC, celebrating 75 years. Is Rabbi Chaim Marcus here by any chance? How are you, Nachum? Good morning, good morning. I must say one thing about being here. Uh, certain people walk through the door and it puts a big smile on my face, and you are among them. Thank I've you heard so some much. amazing things about your community, my gosh. Oh, and Rabbi Marcus, I have a, a news flash, a news flash that was handed to me. Rabbi Chaim Marcus, who's of course a rabbi in Springfield, New Jersey, right. uh, has now been named Mashkiach Ruchani at, here RTMA. at RTMA. Yep. First of all, was but there. But still a Puria, still teaching halacha still 12th Puria. graders a Puria. Uh, so he's the brand new Mashkiach Ruchani at RTMA, faculty at Puria, as you mentioned. You are a lower school parent. And a parent of a Buria student and a parent of an RTMA student. <laughs> I, have, I have children in all we, of, we, we all of the division. We basically could do the whole show with you. <laughs> we basically just, you and I talking could do the entire show. And lastly, not lastly, <laughs> maybe most importantly, you are a community rabbi who has taken 
Springfield, New Jersey, which was not on the map in my day, right. and now it's on the map. Baruch Hashem. And it continues Hashem. to be. Yeah. Um, in an average year, are you getting, I don't know, a few families in yeah, each year? Yeah, absolutely. A number of families each year. As I uh, tell my board, in about next year, I think we're going to lock the doors, and uh, we're not going to let anyone else in. <laughs> Uh, you want it to be uh, we want it to be to the best secret we out there. We want it to maintain a community feel where everyone knows your name. Um, what does this mean, becoming a brand new mashkiach at a place like RTMA? Do do uh, do in fact our yeshiva high schools, which traditionally, right. as I remember them, never had mashkichim ruchaniim. Right. Do what's the role of a mashkiach? Right. Do, do so we in fact so need them these days? Mayor Goldach Shlita told me a beautiful idea yeah. um, about la- last year, two years ago, we were schmoozing, and he said, Reb Chaim, he says, every three years now in Chinuch is a new door. It's a new generation. Soon it'll be every two and, years. Uh, right. <laughs> then it'll and be every year. To, when we think that we didn't have smartphones ten years ago, you know, can imagine how things are evolving, how things are moving at such a quick pace. And Baruch Hashem, Rabbi Newman, RTMA Hanhala, and Rav Taitz, really it comes ultimately down to the vision of Rav Taitz, understands this. And understands that we always have to be evolving, we always have to be developing. And the role of a mashkiach is, as I said uh, last night actually at the open house, is to bring some of the Eish Levana of Torah. The Eish Chorah, the black fire, is how to open a Ramban, how to break open a Sugyan Gemara. But we also have to have the Eish Levana, the white fire of why are we doing this? How is this meaningful? The soul of Torah. And it's funny will. that you, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm sure you did this, you meant this on purpose, but the, the fact that there is this proliferation of technology and so much good and so much bad at the same time, uh, you need this element just Absolutely. to keep people on track. For sure. Just to, do the boys take advantage of it? Do you get the feeling that they understand your role and, and are gravitating to you it? Know, as, as mashkiach, when I come into a room, they know there's not going to be a test on this. <laughs> and, but I'll tell you. And so you might think the boys zone out. They're engaged. We have real deep conversations with 10th ten, graders, 11th graders, and certainly the 12th graders who are you know, looking into the wild blue yonder the opportunity to just have them be able to talk about what they want to talk about, to talk about technology, the challenges, to talk about tefillah, to talk about just the fundamental, what are, what are your life goals, short-term, mid-term, long-term goals? And you're thinking, high school students talk about these things, right. high school students think about these things, and they do. And we have to give them that opportunity to really open up. And as parents, it's something we appreciate these days because if we don't start... Uh, you know these types of discussions early on, then, then forget it. Absolutely, because in this fast-moving world, there's just too many distractions, too much media attention on things that other people think are important, and it just grabs them. Unfortunately, we want to grab them first. For sure, for sure. Uh, Rabbi Chaim Marcus is here. All right, uh, last time you were on, you had an opportunity to discuss just how important a role JEC and the entire JEC school family has as a community school. With absolutely. even you being a community rav, not here in Elizabeth, but close Correct. by, Correct. and it has a ripple effect all the way to where you. Serve. For sure, for sure. I mean, well, you had Rabbi Beer on this morning, right. who's uh, one of your was, was a youth director <laughs> in our show, and now Baruch Hashem is the manal of the lower seems, school. Seems to have made quite a nice adjustment. Here. Amazing, amazing. Rav Uzi's yeah. a, a superstar. He's really just awesome. And I mentioned to him, it doesn't always work out when a community member is <laughs> part of a school. Absolutely. Normally, only rabbis have to right. They're <laughs> have the ones where they were. Like right. <laughs> you know, but it was something that I spoke to him about, and Baruch Hashem, the community really respects those boundaries that he set, and he's just amazing. And just the buzz with Rabbi Newman and Rabbi Oritz, Rabbi Joe, just yeah. in Berea, you know, been there now for 15 years. 
but how you might just think also, Buria, oh, it's just so great. They're one of the top schools in America, really in the world. But they're always constantly reinventing themselves. Like Mayor told me, every three years is a new door. Yeah. You always have to stay one step ahead. And it's really amazing how they all do it. Uh, as a community rabbi, um, you'd have to agree that some of the issues out there are becoming uh, very complicated. Let's use that word. Uh, difficult to deal with family situations that frankly right. you know rabbis of my father's generation who are great rabbinic leaders but they never had right. situations Absolutely. like that it must sometimes uh, appear to be a great challenge for people like yourself well, Baruch Hashem there is also great support you know for Rabbanim out there now in ways that I don't think you had back in the day you just had like Chavar Chavar Isla you had a rabbi to commiserate with you had that friend that you reached out to and threw ideas off of but now there are places that are really providing significant support to Rabbanim you know, whether it's YU, whether it's OU, whether it's, you know, individuals like a Dr. David Pelkovitz who gives the cell phone number out to all Rabbanim. Um, you know, I called, recently reached out to him to discuss an issue with. So Baruch Hashem, you know, it's getting complicated and the Doros are, we're speeding through them very quickly. Mm-hmm. But Which Baruch is a good Hashem, sign, ultimately. Right. <laughs> we're coming, we hope, we hope to, to that great day. But uh, there's no question that in Chinuch and in communities, the challenges are getting great. But, you know, as the Gemara tells us, Zel HaKadosh Baruch Hu always makes sure there's a balance in the world. A balance of light, a balance of dark. So if it's getting darker, the, the light has to be there just as much. And Baruch Hashem, it is there. Who was the Mashkiach Ruchani who had the most effect on you in your lifetime? Is there one that you could cite? <laughs> I remember, I remember Rebuzi Kalchheim in uh, Karen Biavne who gave a Musr Seder every week and for some reason, even though I barely was able to understand his Hebrew, for some reason, the way he presented had a lasting effect on me. I'll tell you, Yitzchak Cohen was my main oh, rabbi. You're now a great one. Sure. I, was, I was with him in Moko, Morshakola right. for three summers. And it was just such an opportunity when I actually give a Sichas Musser in YU in the, main new ba- the new main base right. during Ellen. Rav Kohn was sitting right there. And now he came up to me afterwards and actually reflected on some of the ideas I said. You know, he was a Rebbe of mine. He is, when I think of a Baal Musser, when I think of a Mashkiach, Rav Yitzchak Cohen is just like the epitome. Good He's so tremendous impact on me. Tremendous <laughs> impact. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much, Malcolm. Who did I meet? Is it a cousin of yours who's a rabbi in Queens? Is that Rishmo like? Marcus. Yes, my first cousin. Amazing, amazing guy. Rebbe, Landers, and yeah, his awesome. father, as you know, was, was my your Rebbe. Absolutely, absolutely. With your uncle. Yeah, River Falls. That's amazing. Like, very special Incredible. person. Um, I, I could do it even more if you want, because River Falls wife's sister is married to my first cousin. Right, yes, right. of course. We, so we, right, could, right. we could really do this all morning long. <laughs> anyway, of course, Rabbi of Mark, course. is always a Thank pleasure. Thank you so much, Always Malcolm. a pleasure. Good always luck. great to see you. He's Bats a brand new Mashkiach Ruchani at RTMA and associated with Bury and, as we said, all the schools for quite a while. And that's Rabbi Chaim Marcus. Who do we have next? Um, I'm told, who do we have next? It's Ben Hoffer here in the building. How you doing, Nachum? Ben Hoffer has the easiest job in the entire JEC system. After all, isn't the <laughs> development department always the easiest job in a school system? When you have a great team and you have a great product, it really is. <laughs> there you go. You spun that very nicely, I must say. It's always a challenge, uh, development. Ben Hoffer is a parent. He's chair of the development committee. He is joined on this panel by Talia Gluck. Where's Talia? Talia Gluck, good morning to you. She's chair of the technology committee. And Damalki Singfer is a teacher, a parent, and an active member of the Technology Committee. Let, let's start with that. What is a Technology Committee? What does that mean? Well, that was something we started. Um, I guess we were, we were inspired to do this when um, I, I had a friend who was a teacher in an 
a different school and I was listening to all the things she was saying about technology in her classroom and I'm like, we need, we need this, I need this for my kids. And at the same time, um, there was a story in the news about a, a couple that donated a million dollars to another northern Jersey school to right. buy um, iPads. And I said, we, we can really do this. Maybe not a million dollars right away, but <laughs> slowly and, and surely. And that's how, we, that's how we got it going. And to the point, where, I mean, I never even thought of technology having its own development department. That's essentially what it is, right? You're, you're trying to raise money to specifically streamline the funds to grow the technology department in the school. Yeah, we, we approached the school first, the administration, and they were very willing. Obviously, they were very, they were, there was a lot of cooperation there, but we had to raise the money. We went to parents, we went to grandparents, I went to my own parents for like to begin with, and they were and grandparents are very willing to donate to their grandchildren's education. Parents saw the need as well. We it was amazing. Ben Hoffer, what's the latest news? What can you tell us from the development department that people out there should know? Well, just piggybacking on while we're talking about technology. So technology is a great example of a way that people are looking to get involved in the school. They're able to find a project that means something to them and they jump in and say, here's where I want to make my impact in the school. So that's been really great. I mean, Malka, do you want to speak a little bit about what's going on? From the teacher's perspective. Oh, I can imagine the teachers teachers have a... uh, Oh, teachers were obviously very eager and excited with this new new initiative, and they really, really, like, took the bull by the horns and just right away integrated all the technology that was purchased by the committee, and we've really come such a long way. It's only been a little over a year, and the kids have already like done so much and the teachers have gone on multiple trainings and they're working even from home just always trying to figure out like new ways to use all the technology you know that was given to us and it's really really exciting and the parents are excited and the students are excited and teachers are excited so it's really even just raised level of excitement you know within the school which yeah. is also nice when teachers get the idea and department heads get the idea that there's an infrastructure behind them that wants to see the department grow that wants to see it succeed it's a, it's a great feeling and they know they have support behind it which always makes it even better. And we've noticed also, and this is something that, that Ben, I'm sure you could speak to, that um, these days people like to give to specific projects. We, we've noticed this with our own Jewish Unity Initiative. There's an enthusiasm behind it. There's a direction that people enjoy watching of my funds, my contribution is going specifically for this purpose. Yeah, 100%. People really want to see their money at work, and this initiative helps do that. We've also created other initiatives like that. We have a newly created JEC Athletic Booster Club, where people, Great alumni, idea. parents who want to see, uh, we see these new beautiful scoreboards that are up. Yep. Those are b- purchased this year, and that was the first initiative of the, uh, the, the booster club. And there will be other initiatives like this. But the truth is what Maki was talking about, where you saw this, the school's getting excited, the teachers are getting excited, it also works with the parent body and, and the general alumni base. The school gets excited when it sees that we had a dinner last year where we had a record-breaking performance, record-breaking attendance, and right. record-breaking numbers in terms of monies raised. That invigorates the school, and in turn, the, par- the parent body, everyone's so excited by seeing that the school is really excelling. So the parents are excited, the alumni are excited, and the administration's excited. So everybody's really pushing and pulling together to move us to the next level. And you must be excited when you heard what happened last night with this full gymnasium at an open house, and more open houses coming up with a lot of enthusiasm out there in the community for the schools. For sure. I mean, as an alumni, it's really uh, it's a pleasure to see. We really have a tremendous uh, faculty here, and all we got to do, in my opinion, is put them up on uh, the stage and say to the parents of uh, the area, this is what your children will be experiencing for their time in high school. And I think that if we show them that, I don't think there's anybody who can compete with us. We should mention a couple of alumni events. Obviously, uh, we encourage the alumni to support, to get together, and to... uh 
And to get involved in the school, the JEC Alumni Network has their Network, Socialize, and Connect event. It's an exclusive rooftop cocktail and barbecue meet and greet happening on Monday night, November the 21st on West 94th Street in New York City. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, all the different methods of getting in touch with the Alumni Association exist between Facebook and Twitter and um, uh, email and being in touch with JEC directly, either by phone or by email, and they can get information about that. That's happening November 21st, and it's open not just to alumni, but anybody from the JEC family wants to be part of that unique event. And also, the JEC Alumni Network is presenting the 5th Annual Mrs. Chaya Newman Memorial Lecture to raise funding and support of the Mrs. Chaya Newman Memorial Scholarship Fund that benefits Brewery of students. And again, this is an event that's open to the community, even though it's being sponsored by the alumni. And that's happening, uh, and featuring rather, Judge Ruchi Fryer, a pioneering Orthodox female judge who was just put into office officially, or I should say elected into office. I don't think she's been installed yet uh, this past election day. And that happens on Saturday night, December the 17th, at the JEC Brewery campus. Information, you can contact the JEC. Dot org. So there's a lot of very exciting things going on, and the more exciting things that are going on, hopefully the easier your job becomes. <laughs> that's, that's definitely true. Um, so we're very excited about the future. We're very excited even about the present. Uh, having great people on board, being led by even uh, more dedicated faculty, makes my job and the job of the entire development team uh, substantially easier. All right. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. The technology committee initiatives seem great, and it's one of the uh, best ways for people out there to streamline uh, their support for the schools. And uh, in general, we know that the uh, development committee, uh, in order to, um, uh, to uh, be successful, has to constantly be working. So it does. We, we wish you luck with Thank that. Thank you. And I just want to take this opportunity to invite, you know, we're, we've just had our 75th anniversary. Right. We're looking to go 75 years strong into the future. If there's any alumni or people that are part of the JC family out there, uh, who are looking to re-engage, we're certainly welcome to have your involvement. Uh, the JEC is open, and uh, we're very much looking forward to re-engaging with people who may have been away from the JEC for uh, some time. So if anyone's interested, please reach out to the JEC. And my thanks to Ben Hoffer and Talia Gluck and Malky Singfer. Thank you very much, and good luck to you. Thank, thank you. you. Interesting morning here at JEC, to say the least. I want to thank Adina Abramoff, uh, again put together. A great show for us with wonderful people to meet and a great spirit here at JEC. We're in the brand new gym. That's where it's situated this morning at JEC. If you haven't seen it yet, you'll have an opportunity at some point, I'm sure, and it is certainly worth visiting. Reminder tomorrow, our weekly update with Malcolm Holmline coming up at 7.40 tomorrow morning. I did want to mention again a special thank you to Mr. Robert Hecht and the Hecht family out on Staten Island. Um, I mentioned uh, the Hecht family because uh, Robert Hecht is the president of New Springville Jewish Center where I've had an amazing relationship, I'm proud to say, for many, many years. Honored to be their Shliach Tzibor on uh, the high holidays. And this coming Sunday, um, they are the Hecht family is inviting everybody to the grand opening celebration at West Shore Lighting. West Shore Lighting is located at 600 Gulf Avenue in Staten Island. 600 Gulf Avenue in Staten Island. They are proudly presenting brand name lighting and, um, and a, a beautiful brand new facility. And their celebration begins Sunday at 11 a.m. this coming Sunday on Gulf Avenue in Staten Island. And you go there, wish Mazal Tov to uh, Robert Hecht. And we uh, wish them congratulations on their grand opening from all of us here at JM in the AM. More coming up from JEC and more David Lowy, a graduate of RTMA.
JM in the AM. All right, opportunity as we uh, wrap up a Thursday. First of all, to remind everybody, amazing programming on our stream all day long at jmtheam.org on the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, Charlie Harari is coming up next. Michael Fragan will be on with his election review on spin class starting at 9.30. 10 o'clock for Jew in the City, Allison Josephs. Mary Mel Wallach with That's Life coming up at 10.30 this morning. Avrami is going to be hosting our live lunch. If you're going to try us out for the entire day on a specific day, start with a Thursday, and you'll see why we are worth listening to all through the day. Tomorrow it's our um, weekly update with Malcolm Honline, first post-election weekly update, 740 tomorrow morning. On the open house schedule, please keep the following in mind. Uh, Brewery High School opens its doors this coming Sunday beginning at 9 a.m. at 35 North Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey. If you want to be part of the uh, Buria High School Open House, excuse me, it's buria.thejec.org, buria.thejec.org. They'll highlight, highlight everything. I mean, they have a million departments they'll be highlighting and a bunch of different stuff that you'll be able to get information about this coming Sunday. The JEC Lower School and Early Childhood Open House happens on Wednesday, November the 16th, beginning at 7.15 p.m. at JEC 330 Elmora Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Information at 908 355 4850. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial, broadcasting live from JEC, around the world in the web. It's jmtheam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. And we close things out on a uh, Thursday morning with a reminder that tomorrow morning we close out the week uh, with our weekly update and plenty more. Make sure to be tuned in between 6 and 9 a.m. Tomorrow to JM and the AM, and at 7.40 we'll do our weekly update. A big thank you to JEC, to uh, RTMA, and to Breweria. Uh, we've been here uh, more than once. We always enjoy our visits. And today, as I just pointed out a moment ago off the air, we were met with tremendous enthusiasm um, combine a great uh, uh, JEC family with the fact that it's the start of a brand new school year and there's just an incredible spirit here and we are proud to have been part of it this morning um, stay tuned for Charlie Harari with um, all of our great programming all through the day at jmm.org and Malcolm-